no debate. Wait a minute. I is this the being uh, televised? It's been <laughs> folks at home. Folks at home. How you doing? Mike Iconelli here. Ike Live special three-hour episode. Special three-hour episode. Uh, this is a very special show. I got to tell you for a lot of reasons. The first thing I want to say: no script. This show. No script. We're going to go totally off the cuff. Brian Carpenter, how do you feel about that? I'm very nervous about this. Very nervous. Uh, <laughs> second reason this show is special is because Becky's butt just passed the camera. And it's a giant, big, beautiful butt. <laughs> it's luscious. Uh, and the third reason this show is special is because sitting here, right here on this table, next to this sneaker, we've got a very special trophy, and we're going to talk about Delaware River. Man, what a great show we've got. Pete, we got a lot of people in the house here. This is going to be an exciting show, talking Delaware River, talking to these amazing anglers we have in studio tonight. I don't want to give anything away yet. Well, it's going to be a good show. Well, you know, I'm not sure about that. It's It's been kind of an uneventful week in the last few days. <laughs> There's really not a lot going on in the fishing industry. <laughs> so, uh, Who is that laughing? That sounds like the fans in Philadelphia. I thought I heard a boo and a, and a yell in there. Well, you know, it's going to be fun. We got Man, we got a lot to talk about, don't we? We do have a lot to talk about. Uh, let's, uh, let's start this show as we always do. Uh, we want to send a special shout-out and thank you. To all the men and women in the service, uh, active and veterans, thank you for what you do. Special shout out to policemen, firemen. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Uh, awesome job. Uh, let's jump right into it. I wanna, I wanna talk about our special guest we have sitting on the hot seat right now, sitting on the casting couch. You wanna, you wanna introduce this guy? Well, I'd like, to, I'd like to introduce to everybody to Jared Littner. He's uh, Jared Littner in the studio tonight. From, from the West Coast, baby. He's one of our West Coast anglers, and uh, we actually saw a, a lot of West Coast anglers do good in our East Coast Delaware River Tournament. Jared had had a fairly good tournament this week, and I'm interested to see his impressions. But welcome to uh, welcome to New Jersey, Jared. Welcome, Jared. Welcome. Well, thanks, man. I just came to drop off my boat, and next thing I know, I'm on the hike live. So it's a uh, wow. Lean into the mic, little Jared. It's pretty awesome being here, then. You never know what's going to happen in New Jersey. You never know. Okay. Never All right, know. man. And, and right next to Jared, by the way, my beautiful wife, Becky. Becky, good to have you back. You were gone the last show. What were you doing? Made me very sad. I was taking care of children. What? Raising four, okay. four children's. <laughs> okay, we'll let you off the hook. Thank you. If you were doing that. Uh, man, Brian the Carpenter. How's this night going to go? What are we going to talk about first, uh, man? Shoof, I don't know. How about we talk about who's in the uh, producer's booth here? Let's talk about it. Who do we got back here? We have me. Who's me? Brian the, Brian the Carpenter. Have you, have you built any tables or chairs lately, Brian? Not today. Okay. And we also have the nature boy. What? Wait a minute. Matt? <laughs> yeah, you need some chairs that don't break back Oh, here, my right? God. <laughs> I mean, for six episodes in, you got this thing decked out pretty nice. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. You've done six episodes. Uh, that's just the beginning. you got guys who do this for 20 years. Right. This this is looking good. Thank you. And we have no idea what the F we're doing, man. We're just <laughs> clueless. So. I know. Shaw, what's that? Shaw in the background? That is Shaw. I, yeah. I mean, he, you and him, final day. I know. He was in the cut. And his his mustache is actually better now than it was in that photo. 
He's got a, a heck of a mustache. Yeah. That's an older one. Matt, let me put you on the spot real quick. Uh, lean in there. I want everybody to get a good look at you, Matt. Okay. Oh, that, this is never good. No, well, I just want everybody to know. So... You got a lot of gigs. You got a lot of gigs right now. You got a lot going on. You're a big thing in the fishing industry. No, no, no. I mean, you, you can't say that. You're, I can't you you say do that. everything. But I want people to know. People don't know this. You were formerly a male model. Isn't that correct? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> it, it, it was a long. It was a long time. It was ah! Several lifetimes ago. <laughs> Matt was a male model. Several lifetimes. Ago. Okay. All right. And uh, and who else is in, anybody else back there? Yeah. Anna Banana hiding in the corner. Anna Banana. Wait, Where you at, Anna? Hi. At, Anna, How you doing? Anna Banana back there goes the, the North Jersey voice that we love. Uh, very verklempt. I like it. She did a great job last She did a last great time. job. She's a key part of the show now, I think. Wow. Yes. Glad, glad to have you back, Anna. Okay. So let's jump right into it, man. Let's talk about static and... You got that, too? Yes. And... <laughs> But more importantly than the static. I don't know. What's more important than that? That's kind of interesting because it sounds like it's borderline music static. You hear it? It sounds, it, like, it sounds like my iPhone does permanently. It, it's gone, but oh. it could have been a te- at a techno or a rave. Well, that would have been fun. That would have been fun. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about Delaware, man. Man, it was, uh, it was a heck of a week that you had out there. It was a you know, total domination, but it didn't start out that way, did no, it? No, no. It's tough. I mean, before we even get into it. Jared, I want to hear your opinions on the river pre-tournament and as it happened. I mean, it's a tough joint to begin mm-hmm. with. Well, yeah, you know, coming into it, I had no history, no nothing about the whole place. I didn't talk to anybody. And what I did was I went and fished as much as I could back home on the Delta in California just to get used to the tidal and, you know, the what they're biting, how deep they are, you know, the tide swings and things like that. And I showed up here the first day, and up until about two hours into my first practice day, I was like, ah, oh, this is a lot like the Delta. And then when the bottom dropped out, and uh, it was nothing like I expected. Um, it's a very, very different fishery than I've ever seen. Um, and what I noticed right off the bat was, first of all, I was really intimidated by all the structures and the, you know, the, it's just very different than anything I ever fished. However, it was, once you got in the creeks and stuff, it was unlike anything, you know, I mean, very, nature's all around you and things are happening and changes quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's it's like, it's like you, you had to look across to the West to see the big, big high rises. And, but yeah, you feel like you're in a place that's never even seen a boat before. So it was really cool. Did you get out to pre-practice? Were you out here? No, I I did not. Um, I didn't have the time and, you know, family business and stuff like that. But uh, I wish I would have. However, that being said, without having years of experience here, I I still don't know if it would have done me any good. Um, You know, and guys guys that showed up here without pre-practicing made the top 12 and did really good. Uh, just fishing the moment, you know, and I know you've said a lot, that a lot, you know, fish the moment. And I, I really didn't do that. I didn't pick up on the tides quick enough. And what I chose to do was stay in one Creek all day and grind it out. And it worked out good for one day, but not two days. Yeah. That's, and that's a great strategy. I mean, what I heard all week, Pete, from guys was, do I chase tides? 
Do I keep moving or do I commit to a group of fish and stay? And I think a little bit of both strategies work for guys. I think if I look at that top 12 list, we saw guys that did both things. Guys that stayed in a creek. Rancocas Creek, big player this week. Mm-hmm. Top, uh, three of the top 12 in Rancocas Creek just camping out, just fishing through the tides. And then a lot of guys that ran around and tried to stay with lower water. So both like, strategies worked. Like Christie did a lot of running around. Yep. So did Cruz. Yeah. Uh, we saw him move quite a bit. Velvic was covering some water. Um, you know, Shimizu. Camp. Camped. Super camp. Man. Rotten away. On a stretch, of, on a piece of water that we were close to dissecting. Remember we were, we yes. were talking about that yes. stretch of the river and how yeah. there's hydrilla mats in that area. Yeah. And it's pulling a population of fish in there. Yeah. And we hadn't quite found them yet. I think we found them. Well, yeah. Marizu found them. Marizu them. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he found that. <laughs> I gotta love how happy that guy is all the he's time. He's always happy. He is no bad, good, bad. He's always happy. Yeah. Speaking of covering water, I want to throw this out there, folks. Uh, Pete was Pete was out there with me, following. Uh, had Jo from Bassmasters every day, the camera camera guy, taking great cool. photos. I want to let you know that Pete ran out of gas with me. <laughs> what was that? The, first- the second day or the third day? Well, both days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the uh, the the first. You know, I learned a lot about the way that you fish, and that was an amazing experience to to stay with you for for that period of time and watch you fish. And I, I man, I love to talk about some of the things I picked up. But the first one, I, I kind of already knew is is you've lost your mind. <laughs> in case people didn't realize you were out of control you were you were you would you ran all the way down to the Commodore Berry Bridge to throw at a spot you know like 20 miles 20 miles back up to hit another spot ripping across and up and down you you ran up to the Riverton stretch of the river just 20 miles up north and um, I was trying to throw my camera guy out of the boat. <laughs> I, we, lo- I wanted to launch off a series of tug wakes. You lost your uh, your entourage a couple times. Yeah, you you definitely shook the entourage. Yeah, they they, they, awesome. they couldn't hang with you. Uh, Props to Bass Cat, seventy four seventy five mile an hour Yamaha. Thank you very much. Appreciate yep. that. But uh, you know, I was traveling light on fuel because I knew I was going to have to move fast, and I had three guys in the boat, and I wanted you know, so I only filled one tank every day. But you, Ooh. I mean. By, <laughs> <laughs> by by eleven o'clock, I w- I burned through twenty six gallons of gas, and the good thing I also learned I know, now I know where all the gas docks are on the river. That's <laughs> good to know. Yeah, it is good, to, good know. to know. Yeah. You know, the one thing we talked about is it's interesting because you saw me fish near things that you would lo- have loved to fish, mm-hmm. and you were just kind of biting your knuckles. That's a tough thing, isn't it, to see someone approach a piece of cover and not fish it right or miss it? You know, because I've got 25 years' experience on this water, and, you know, like, like I, was, I was so tempted to try to help. Like, not that I could have <laughs> helped or, you know, would have been any assistance, but I wanted to try, you know. And I, there was a spectator boat, so I was going to say something like, all the spectator boats move away from this root knuckle. In case Mike want to fish it, you know, wow. <laughs> everybody backs up from this piling, these sets of pilings that are two feet under the water. That you whatever can't you see. do, don't fish that root ball right there. That one, don't fish it. I, you, I was so tempted, you know, and running up and down the river, seeing places that you know I, I've, you know, I feel good about that. But uh, but you just did a great job. I mean, it was it was really cool to see you 
making those decisions because I was making them right there with you. I mean, my I, I had butterflies like I was fishing the tournament in my stomach. I, you know, I was making every single cast with you when you were on the main river, and and those patterns were difficult, man. They were stingy. You know, you bolted up the creeks and ha- found success, and vice versa. Yeah. Pulled out of the creeks when they were tough and found success on the main river, and how you were able to get yourself in the path of success every single day. Yeah. It, was it was interesting because out here, um, it seems like normally there's one pattern that dominates. Right. Like, normally on, on the Delaware, they're all on the main river, or they're all in creeks, or the backwaters are shining, and they and you could see that. Mm-hmm. This week it never happened like that. There were fish everywhere. And I felt like that was an, an important theme this week, was to not get stuck in one pattern. Yep. To and float around. Well, it, well, and it's even like that at the California Delta right now. I mean, you got guys winning tournaments that are only punching, like punching main river grass beds. Or, you know, there, there's some guys winning tournaments on... A topwater frog yep. only in a certain stretch of the river. Yeah, it's like that all around the country. You know, we just got done with Chickamauga not too long ago. You know, it's one key spot, but like you said, it's. <laughs> I mean, you proved it. You had to go in and out and back and forth and in between. Con- I mean, it's, it's just moving. random. Constant I mean, moving. just you had to follow it and be on top of it. Yeah, the trickiest thing was those those tides and the current and timing. Oh my god, yeah. trickiest, trickiest. Um, Stan Janik, um, dude, that was tough. It was tough because I had a sheet printed out, a tide chart that I printed out, and I would reference that throughout the day. I would stop and actually look at the sheet, but in this event. It was never on, you know. It was lower than normal. It ran out faster, came in quicker. And why? And why did that happen? Super moon. We had, we had a super moon. The, super moon. The moon on the Delaware, or the moon right now, is closest to the Earth, that, or closer to the Earth than it'll be in 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. It drove extremely low tides. So you know what that also means? This is your one and only chance, Pete, to get some cheese. <laughs> you can actually reach out and grab it. You can go so grab it. Goes. Well, I'll give that a shot. <laughs> okay. but, the, but, but it was amazing up there in that creek, uh, one of the creeks that you were in. I mean, I saw rock piles that I didn't know existed. I Me saw too. pieces of wood. I'm like, man, I'm not following him around anymore. I'm just going to go film the river at low tide and <laughs> find all find all this cool habitat that I'll never, I won't get to see for 20 years. Yeah, you know, but um, really cool. You know, it's amazing. amazing. Instant time. feedback back here is absolutely blowing up. Obviously, all sorts of well wishers. Wow, what do we got? Matt? We've got Montana, uh, Arizona, uh, Canada. Australia. What? Uh, let's get. A, let's take care of a little housekeeping okay. here. Okay. Hey, mate. Uh, uh, Eric with a K says, uh, Mike. Totally random question, but I know you have a small hat size. He himself has a small noggin and was wondering what size it is that you wear. Having a little difficulty with the headwear. Gotcha, Eric with a K. That is a very interesting question. Head size. Relates nothing to anything else. But I want to make sure we st- state that first. Uh, Eric, seven and a quarter, New Era, uh, true fit size, seven and a quarter head size. What was the question? You answered it. Okay. That was the hat size. Seven and a quarter. S- second of all, we were trying to figure. <laughs> Littner, Littner is way too big for that couch, so we probably need to move him in the seat. With glutes, okay, I, we can do that. With, not with him. With glutes, uh, with him. Which was the game plan originally, and then okay. we got into the nuts and bolts of the derby. G- 
Gotcha. Well, we we could switch out. Oh, Actually, gotcha. here's we, we could do that. Yeah, I think Anna was giving me uh, some hand signals earlier that I, I had no clue what she was trying to tell me. <laughs> and, and then you you know uh, uh, Pete Pete was talking about you know how many he was watching and how nervous he was and uh, Anthony Anthony says uh, Anthony uh, Anthony Anthony uh, he said work at a bait shop in Northeast Philly during yeah. the during the weigh-ins. Yes. During the weigh-ins, he had 15 people watching on his phone, and an insane eruption when you uh, when you won. Wow! There it goes. That was actually the explosion we heard. That's uh, Anthony, I actually think I might have met Anthony. I I met a guy that worked at a tackle store at Frankfurt Arsenal. Anthony, if that was you, how you doing, man? Uh, I guess you know. Really, I want to. That leads to the next thing I want to talk about, and I want to hear everybody's opinion on it, man. We've been to a lot of places over the years. We've been to amazing venues, classics, and FLW championships. We've been a lot of places. We've been to a lot of crowds. Was that the most unfreaking believable feeling? The, the the crowd. Yep. What what the hell happened? I, I've never seen anything like it. That was never, unbelievable. Never. The energy was unbelievable. I mean, it felt like I was on like a Kid Rock concert or something. I mean, it was. It was the most amazing thing. I, th- I, mean, I think the crowd turned the anglers, right? Like, well, a lot of the anglers we saw, and, and we're going to talk about this, man, we saw a lot of boohooing and, and really talking down on, on what they were facing in the river for a lot of different reasons. And and But I think once they got to the weigh-ins and they saw the exuberance of the, that crowd, how fired up they were and how much passion they have, um, all of a sudden that sort of turned around, and guys started to embrace the competition. You know that uh, you know we're in a great city. These people love it. They love that we're here. Yeah. You know, let's let's go out and do our best. And and it was awesome to watch that change and watch that top twelve embrace the crowd. You know, watching Swindle. You know, work with work with that crowd. It's just uh, you know, it was Dave Mercer did a masterful job yes. connecting yes. W- with the crowd. By the way, we may have Dave Mercer on the phone a little later tonight. We may have him call in that, and that, his opinion that, on what happened. Well, that would be really cool. I know. Yeah. I, I Dave. I mean, he he did just a wonderful job. Uh, you know, working with you. You know, making the moment super special. I yeah. mean, uh, that was as good in, as an MC job in these tournaments that I've seen. Yeah. It was crazy. The the energy was just unreal, and it's hard to describe. You know, if you weren't there, what it felt like. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, you were you were. Uh, you were there every day, out in the sea of people. It was unbelievable. What do you man. think about it? Speaking of the mic, Brian. It, it was absolutely unbelievable. Nothing like I've ever expected for a fishing contest, a tournament. It was, dude. It was you were a rock star out there, and Pe- people were out of their mind. They were out of their minds, man. It was it was emotional. I mean, we're all emotionally drained today. Yeah, we're, we're shot, but yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah. While we're talking about this too, Brian, do me a favor. Yes. Put the phone number up there. Right uh, as always, uh, instant feedback right on the site. Match checking it daily. If you're calling from Australia or South Africa, wherever you're calling from, uh, right in. But also, here's a number right here. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. If you were there in the crowd, if you weren't there, 
call in. Let us know what you thought about the weigh-in. Did you and sign Artie's forehead? Artie's claiming you signed his forehead. I did. Is that Artie? Artie! I hope you didn't wash that, man. Don't wash that shit. Leave that on your no, forehead. No, Andrew. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Andrew. They're scrolling through so oh, fast I, here. It's oh, unbelievable. Artie, Artie, I, si- Artie you, I saw you sign multiple foreheads yeah, well, Andrew, and babies and, and other body parts. Right. We won't go Andrew there. Andrew was a forehead. Artie, I actually signed his butt cheek, his left butt cheek. So... <laughs> Why would you do that? I, he wanted it done. That that was it. Okay. Yeah, and, he, and specifically he said his left butt cheek. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> his better side. That was his better side, right. Okay. I think he had a big giant pimple or a boil on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Artie said it wasn't mine. Ah. Oh. It's pretty gross. It was awesome to see you in a sea of people. They had a couple photographs. I was scanning through the photographs today before I come over, and you just signing autographs after all. I don't even know when it was. It might have been before it was over, but it was just a mass of humanity, <laughs> and you're just stuck in the middle, you know, making you know crazy faces with people and pictures and stuff. Yeah. And they loved it, man. It, it, it was uh, everybody's talking about it. Jerry McKinnis was talking about it. Uh, you know, every, everybody's recognizing that. Yeah. This was it was special. Not the most people that have ever attended right. a Bassmaster weigh-in, but it's got to be in the top one or uh, several of, of the mo- loudest, most, most enthusiastic, most enthusiastic passionate, passionate crowds yeah. that the, that a tournament has ever seen. You know yeah. more, in, you know more in line with other sports. You know they're just not used to this crowd in the fishing world. Man, I'm so glad that happened. I mean, I think there was um, we, we felt a little bit of like. I don't even know the right word, but people were anxious about what was going to happen after this event. Was it going to bomb from a standpoint of being a success? You know, was the fishing going to be so bad that nobody wanted anything to ever to do with it again? Yeah. But I don't. I don't know that that happened. What, I mean, what's your feeling after the event, Jared? Well, you know, the thing is about it is, we go to so many top-notch fisheries. Like, just you know, if if you're not weighing twenty a day, you don't have a shot. Yep. Um, whereas this place, you know, everybody kind of knew coming into it was going to be tough. And, you know, I was telling the guys out back here, you know, before the show, we've gone to Chickamauga. We've gone to the California Delta. I remember the last time we were there, the first day, I think, like, somebody was leading it with, like, 18, but then a check was, like, six. Yeah. It happens, it, you come to these fisheries this type of year, this time of year, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And, you know, after taking everything in this week, I believe this this river has a lot of fish in it. Yeah. Um, you know, not putting in your homework and not trying to really give it what it's all worth um, really kind of hurts some people, including myself. I mean... I read the things on the on Bassmaster.com about you know you're spending daylight till dark out on the river prior to you know the the cutoff in ten twelve days. You, you worked harder than anybody else here out here. You showed what this river can do, even on a tough bite. Yeah. I mean, if we're here in the spring or you know the the peak time of year in the fall, we had everybody's right going to catch it. If we had the right tides, this everybody's going to catch it. I think you would have saw that number you know, way and, up. And that's what my point is: is that when you're at these bodies of water, the right time of year under the right conditions, obviously it's going to be a shootout, and I mean everybody's going to catch them. Yeah. But you know, uh, coming into it, yeah, I had a negative attitude. Uh, if we come back again, I'm going to be like, I'm going to come out. I know your address. I'm going to spend a week here. Come out. And We'd love to have I'm going to go to the river every day. I mean, yeah. 
you know, guys that were complaining were like, oh, well, yeah, you know, Ike should win, and he's going to win, and I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is I stayed 10 minutes away from the boat ramp. You were the, but when I got there at dark 30 in the morning, you were gone. And when I got back in to load my boat, you were still there in the water. You put in more work than anybody. Yeah. You deserve it, and you. you show what the river's about. You yeah. know, and, well, and they live there. Tough fishing happens Clear Lake. I mean, I, I fished a tournament at Clear Lake where I won a boat and I caught three bass in two days. Yeah, Clear Lake in California. So it, it's all relative time of year. You know the what's happening at the given body of water. Yeah, and actually the number. The end, the end winning number, weight wise, I think was higher than what you predicted, Pete. It was higher than I predicted. You you beat me by what three four pa- three pounds? Three or four pounds. I, I predicted forty four twelve to win the tournament, and uh, would you would you have forty eight, forty seven something? Forty seven something. Forty just under forty just under forty eight pounds. Just under forty eight pounds. Did we bet on that? Did we bet a hundred dollars? Don't you owe me now? Because <laughs> I, I had the over and you had the under. No, I don't. I don't believe we did bet on that. Okay, but, sure. <laughs> I I would like to borrow some money though. Oh, okay. No problem. I, I would like to make some money. Back no problem. No problem, guys. I would like to make a comment about something Jared mentioned because I think it's important. And uh, and, and, and when you are predicted to win, when the whole world says this is Ike and Alley's tournament to lose, that is a monumental amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. People don't take that into account. I mean, how many times has that been said about somebody else on a local body of water and they wind up double zeroing or something radical like that because there's so much pressure? There, it's so it requires such mental toughness to to excel in those conditions. And I, I think uh, I think that's a, that's a huge testimony to what you accomplished here because everybody thought you were going to win it, but you know what? Like Jared said, you put in two weeks worth of work prior to the cutoff you went daylight to dark during practice you you know you had a massive amount of knowledge over the other guys but but you never rested you know and and i think that's what i mean that's a sign of a champion and that's why you have that trophy there and and it's just pretty impressive i just wanted to comment about that thank you very much what do we got going on back there we got some callers what we got going on, Matt? Brian? Yeah, we we got we got a caller on on live right now. Okay, let's talk to him. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Man, this is Big Josh from Georgia. Man, what's up? Big Josh, how you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm doing great, brother. Man, I'm sure I'm not doing quite as good as you, but man, I'm doing great, man. All right, I'm like to hear it, man. What what you calling about? What's your question? Well, um, I just wanted to call in, in reference to the, you were talking about the crowds and, and how different this is from any other sport. And, uh, man, I, you know, watching that weigh in and then seeing the, I heard him, uh, refer to the pictures and stuff. And one of the pictures that hit me the hardest was you're out in the crowd and there's like some random ass dude holding up your trophy and you've got your arms around a bunch of people. And that's the thing about it, man, is, is you drive these crowds because, dude, I've been NFL games baseball games, hockey games, NASCAR races, and there's no other sport on the planet. I mean, there's no other sport where if you get to see the talent, you get to see the athletes, they are just as as freaking happy to see you as you are them. Like, dude, me and my best friend went to the Classic back in February, 
And dude, we were out there on the docks when y'all were leaving, and you know, you weren't having, you know, you weren't having that great of a day. But man, when we talked to you, you talked back, and you were still in a good mood, man. You were still smiling, you were still, you know, having a good time. And then, and and all the guys we met at the expo, it's just like, dude, you don't see that in any other sport. It's a, so, great, it's, a, it's a great point, and and you don't, you don't. I feel like, uh, and man, I appreciate that, dude. I, I do. I, thank to, you. To, to have a sport that I'm passionate about doing myself, and then to go and and because I've never been to anything like the, the classic or the expo, or and, and I also heard him say something earlier about you know not a lot of people have been to these weigh-ins. They don't know that it's just like a giant party. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's happy to be there. And when you see these guys, they stop and talk to you, you know. And, and yeah. so, like I said, man, first of all, congratulations. Thank Great you. win. Good job. Uh, and second, thanks, man. Thanks for making the sport fun. Thanks for making it fun. And thanks for being appreciative that you got fans that root for you and are happy to see you. I, I appreciate that, man. That, and that's awesome a great comment. Point. That's a great point. You know, the one thing about fishing is it's accessible. You know, we can, we always talk about growing the sport. We want to grow the sport. We want to be as big as baseball or football. But I hope the sport never gets so big that we lose that connection with the fans. Right. I mean, isn't that amazing? You know that you can interact with people. You can still have that bond. And they're fish heads, just like us. Yeah. Well, 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 not only that, but they're not. You know, they're not like, oh, uh, don't talk to me. I'm too busy. Or oh, uh, matter of fact, it's classic. I had one guy ask me, he's like, you fish local tournaments, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, thank you, because without guys like you, there couldn't be people like me. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you know, when you got the Van Dams and the and the Swindles and the and you know just all these guys that say, hey, thank you, thank you for being part of this sport. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't got I don't have uh, Tom Brady coming up to me going, hey, did you play football in high school? Thanks, He's man. Too busy you, no me. Zell's breasts. break in. Do you know that you're and I don't know how I know this. Did you know that your average winning weight every day, I think it was like 11.875 pounds, is the exact weight of the average double D breast, single breast? Wow. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Say that again. <laughs> Matt, where did you come up is, with is that? Is the stash starting to twitch over there, Leonard? <laughs> no, I'm trying to. The, 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 I can Ellie's average weight. If you averaged it out 11, every day, 11 it was, was 11.875, which I think, if my math is right, is, is 14 ounces. 0.875. And, and, it, and that's the average weight of a single <laughs> double D breast. Of a single mm. double D breast. Single. Wow. I'm sorry. We, I, we, can't, okay. I, well. we can't test that out here. All right. That's why, hey, why is thanks. Matt carrying that knowledge around with him? Is that, is that what you use when you're out on the town? I, you weren't here for the pre-show meeting? <laughs> That's an interesting fact. Uh, I don't know that. Hey, man, thanks for the call. We got another call. Mike. Thank you, Dean's brother. Congratulations. Yes, sir. You have a good night. Thank you, man. You too, brother. Where was the pre-show meeting if he knew these facts? I, don't, I have no idea. I think Is there some man. place around here where you... They're making this shit up the intel. They go along. They don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Jared was fishing. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Man, that is an interesting fact, though. Mm-hmm. A double D breast. Well, isn't that something? I weigh that in every day. We might have to do uh, myth busters. We might have to. You know, just to. We might have to. We might have to. <laughs> Never know. Beck, let me get your thoughts on, on the. Uh, uh, stop laughing for one second. Okay. Let me get your thoughts on the event from the perspective of a wife. You've been there for a lot of years, seeing events. What's your take on what you saw in Philadelphia? I have 
to say, well, I'm biased because it's home. So, of course, I love being at home. I feel comfortable here. But I, I feel like there was so much to do at Penn's Landing. Like, it was an amazing venue all around for families to come down. Uh, the energy was amazing. I, I don't even know the last time I went to a classic and I felt that much energy. And that's a huge arena. How many thousands of people did they pack in that place? Those people were so excited to be there. They were so excited to see all the anglers. They were cheering for everybody. They were cheering for everybody. 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 Anything everybody. that got them going, they were excited about. They did boo the governor, but everybody else. <laughs> that they might have. And the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, fans. The, yeah. And, the, and the Dallas fans. But. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a bit of an issue. Yeah. Uh, but I have to say, I've never seen a crowd stay after the trophy was presented as long as they stayed. They wouldn't leave. They did not want to go home. Just they like, didn't want to leave. Just like Bass University class. It's awesome. They, it is. It they is. wouldn't leave. I mean, Mercer and I were looking at each other, wondering what we were supposed to do, like do a jig. Like, they were ready for more. Yeah. There are hair in your lawn. Uh, there are some here tonight. Yeah. They followed us over here two days later. <laughs> hey, special shout-out. Speaking of crazy, ravenous, amazing, passionate fans, special shout-out to the, the Rodfather. Rodfather. Rodfather, hope you're listening tonight. Thank you for coming out and making people more nuts than they already were. That was He's awesome. a local Jersey guy. He's a local Jersey yeah. guy. He he was wearing the Panther cologne. Apparently, I, I met I met I met I met the Rod Father. <laughs> I met the Rod Father. I, I, like everybody else, I didn't want to stay. My family was there, and we stayed after uh, celebrating with everybody. And the the Rod Father and his crew uh, were certainly easy to celebrate with. <laughs> they were they didn't want to leave. A lot of people didn't want to leave. It is just such a powerful moment. I think you know, first time it's ever been there, and uh, and and it, and you're right. It, there's a lot to do there. I mean. Uh, me, me and my family went out in the boat for a boat ride. You know, you can ferry over to places. You can go in the city and, and have fun and eat dinner. And uh, it, it's it's a wonderful facility. But they, the, mo- the moment was huge. Nobody wanted to go home. Nobody wanted to go home. Matt, I want to hear your thoughts on it, man. You've been all over from the perspective of a member of the media. What did you think about this crazy-ass thing called the Philadelphia Way-In here? I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm doing a story. It's going to be with, with, uh, with Dave Mercer and Tommy Sanders and Mark Zona and, and Gary Tramantina, one of the bass photographers. Yep. And uh, all of them said that it was nothing like they had seen before. They'd seen great. They'd, Mercer, when he came off stage, you, you were there. You were probably preoccupied. Sweat dripping down his face. Visibly tremoring with excitement uh, over wow. what. And, and, and definitely all three said... We're kind of looking behind stage. You know, you got all the riders, and we go from town to town. Great crowds. There's been bigger crowds, but you look and there's moments that you remember. Yeah. And there's moments that you look around. Guys who've done it for 20 years will remember. And, and when you went out in the crowd and the atmosphere, that was one of those moments. And we all realized it at the time. Uh, you know, doing what we do: writing, reporting, shooting photographing, announcing it. Everyone realized it at the time. This was one of those moments. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can look back and, and Pete and, and, and uh, uh, Littner, you guys can all look back and, and just picture moments that are captured in your mind, in your own careers, in just moments that you witnessed. That was one of them yeah. uh, for bass fishing. That was very special. That's uh, that's going to stay in my mind forever. We got Brian the Carpenter queuing up some fan photos here. I'd like to see these probably when you get a chance. It, it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was 
unreal to feel that, to feel that energy. Mm-hmm. It was so freaking raw, man. When I was out there in that crowd, it was just, it was the most amazing thing ever, you know? This was the first tournament I took my dad to, and he was absolutely awed. He was beyond floored. He didn't know what to expect. He thought he was at like a Bon Jovi concert in Jersey. He didn't know what to expect of it. And to drop my younger son Logan off at a play date today, and the mom was like just talking about it. And I said, yeah, we were there. It was kind of cool, you know. And she said, kind of cool. She goes, my kid wants to fish. She goes, I have to go to Walmart and buy him stuff now because my kid wants to fish and I'm not spending money. And I'm sitting down going, you know, he can get a scholarship for college if he's good. I thought she was going to throw her kid in the truck and just go buy him stuff and get him into fishing now. But it it was really cool to see the people who have never, didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. It was just an awesome introduction to something new and something pretty neat that's out there. Pretty amazing. By the way, I was actually going to wear my um, jean jacket with the tassels on it to the (laughs) way. That's right. And I opted against that. But... um, Really? Bon Jovi signature series. Are you going to wear that sometime soon? I might wear it at Cayuga, depending on the weather. Well, you know, let's talk about this. You got a birth in the classic. You just won a tournament. Yes. The, the only next thing you can do is Cayuga. Let's see the tassels. Bon Jovi jacket at Cayuga. Calling you out. Beck, can we make this happen? Yeah. I'm calling him out right here. I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to wear gold LeMay pants. <laughs> really tight ones so my bone sticks out. Yes. Really? Yes. Speaking now, which of day, gold. Which day is this? First day. Okay. I, I, well, I have the gold LeMay pants, so you're covered there. I gotcha. And I can make tassels in a heartbeat. I live in Jersey. I'm impressed you know the word wow. LeMay. LeMay. Gold LeMay. He married me. He better know LeMay. <laughs> but listen. We are going to have to bring Dan Quinn out here at some point. Yes. And you you mentioned gold. Dan Quinn said he was going to bring a tiger to this house with a gold chain. You better ask him where our tiger with a gold chain we is. We've got to call him and play it on us. Yeah. By the way, the other thing we need to I was do, kind of excited about a tiger with a gold chain. We're going to call Dan on the spot. We're going to get Dan to sing for us tonight. Sweet live. Caroline. Yes. Yeah. Really? Bry, I, I make, a, that, make that, a note of that. That was, yes. We'll have to note cue it. up Sweet Caroline instrumental. That was amazing. When Dan gets in here a little later. <laughs> we, we actually have a phone call. We have a caller. Yeah. Okay. Patch him in. Uh, I think we got Dean. Dean. Bono. Rohan Bono. Dean. What's up, Mike? Congratulations, brother. Yes, sir. How are you tonight, man? I'm doing great. I'm, I was, you know, I was a marshal at the tournament, and I got four days as a marshal, which I was real pleased about. And uh, you know, in the beginning of this whole thing, you know, a lot of the guys were poo-pooing the river and how hard it was, and and you know, it was kind of. And I explained it to some people. Uh, you know, just because you you don't live in a million-dollar house doesn't mean you you don't have a nice house. 
you know, this is our water, and we fish it week in and week out, and, uh, you know, fishing the club scene and some of the regional stuff, and, you know, we love it, and it was kind of depressing, um, but the three guys that I had, uh, you know, were really working hard to catch and fish, and not be, the three guys that I had never said a word about how tough it was. Yeah. They were just really focused on, uh, you know, trying to figure out that tide. Yeah. And when the bite was, which yeah. was really, which was really, really cool. So, you know, and you could tell it was a tough event um, because in the boatyard at the hotel there, you know, going around trying to meet our, you know, all the guys that we see week in and week out on Bassmaster. Um, you know, you really, you, you want, you, these guys are our heroes. These guys we see as like superstars and, you know, as a, as a, as a bass freak, uh, we love and want to be around them and just see what they're doing and looking to tackle them. Some of the guys were not very, uh, receptive, but then some of the guys like Fred Rumbanis, he was the awesomest dude ever. He literally sat there and did Pretty tackle cool. and talked to us for like, yeah, yeah, for like an hour and a half in cool stuff, and he was like awesome. Swindle was awesome, and I I thought it was cool. Every morning, you were there with people, and you were so personable, and you know, despite being focused and all the incredible pressure on you, you were still there and being with the fans, which was you know, seeing you and fishing against you for years back in in the federation, and it was just awesome and refreshing. You really bring a, a light to the sport. And bring it to the northeast here where, you know, when we tow our boats, everybody thinks that the boat's a speedboat and we're going to racing, you know. Uh, and they don't really understand too much about the bass fishing. But, you know, now it really got put a focus on it, which was really exciting. Yeah, that, that's a big thing you just mentioned, Dean, which I, I want to get Pete's thoughts on is besides the event being here, a lot important for, for us, I think it did showcase Philadelphia and it showcased urban fisheries, non-traditional fisheries. That's a huge thing to grow the sport. I, well, there's no doubt. I mean, that's where people, there, you know, people live in the cities. There's, there's what seven million people that live in Philadelphia. I can't tell you how many emails and calls I've got, you know, for people wanting to go fishing on the Delaware River now. Because they're they're like, well, I'm from Florida and I used to bass fish there. I didn't know we had bass around here. You know, they're just the. It's like you said, it was showcased. Yeah. Got to see the fish on the river, and and and, and it's going to give urban kids, um, you know, like what Todd's doing, the Mid Atlantic Youth Anglers. Yes. Right. What a great program. Uh, you know, dedicated to teaching urban kids, giving them an opportunity to go fishing. Yeah. Not just bass fishing, but any kind of fishing. And uh, you know, I think that's that's something that's that's important. It's all over this country. And the, man, you did a great job. Uh, we the the whole event did a great job of showcasing that just because the river runs through a commercial, industrial, urbanized area, you, you know, it doesn't look like Okeechobee. It doesn't look like Clear Lake or or Gunnersville. Yeah. But man, the bass have learned how to live there just like the people have learned to live in, in high-rise buildings these bass are city bass they learn how to adapt. Sp- they adapt they learned how to spawn on the commercial industrial cover yep. they learned how to feed off of it and they're thriving out there absolutely and uh, you know so I think that this this tournament did a great job of showcasing that for sure Dean did you get to see a lot of sections of the river with four different guys or did you kind of see see all of one part of the river where, where did no, where did your guys it, it, run you to? It was it was kind of um, a lot of the guys fished the like the the obvious community hole spots, yeah, and 
uh, you know, we're fishing it pretty much on the wrong tide. Right. And and it was it was you know it was so hard as a marshal not to say. You shouldn't be here right now, and you shouldn't be throwing that right now. Yeah, by the way, if you marshal again, you can always tell them that in a cough. You got to Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> I, I often do that. For a sneeze. Yeah, but it was, you know, and it was, it, but it was interesting to see the decision making, and it took some of the guys a little while to figure it out. Um, like a, a friend of mine, a marshal, fished with Chris Lane, and obviously he figured it out. Yes. And he had particular spots at a particular time where he had to be which was dead on yeah yeah, well, that was key. Well, in the defense of the anglers, most of the day was the wrong tide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the tournament was held on a very difficult incoming high tide, and it is very difficult to, pre- to predict fish movements on those tides. So guys were actually forced to fish spots uh, at the wrong tide just, be, just because there was, there was very limited options at that stage of the game. So, uh, you know, it was tough. I saw you do that. You were fishing really great areas, and you just didn't have the great tide but you had to fish them anyway yeah you know because you you didn't have many options at certain tides so you know sometimes you just had to do it did you notice there's lightning in the room all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> no, a sudden thunderstorm just rolled through paparazzi My, can i ask a question or do i have to call in oh you later? can ask a question you don't have to call I, in. I got two questions okay my first is is when you go out to the california delta which you've been there i don't know how many times now Three. Three? Yep. First question is, Is can you pick up on the tides? In other words, is it kind of similar to here or not? And my second question is, Is a lot of us, like I talk with Fred and even Ish a little bit, and Skeet, we're like, how do these fish spawn and where do they spawn with the tide fluctuation the way it is? Because yeah. in the California Delta, you're talking a two to a big tide like Right now, it's like a four and a half, five foot tide. Right. And that's huge. Like, yeah. Yeah. Noxiously high. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're trying to go, like, how do these fish even spawn in here to, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. To feed the river. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I fish, I, it, I, yeah. When I fish the Delta, I think there was a little bit of that I could transfer over. Okay. Um, how fish move from high to low. Right. But obviously not as drastic. But the spawning issue, I love to hear Pete talk about this because he knows it better than anybody. Man, they have learned to spawn in really amazing places. You have to have that uh, mean water depth. You know, even on a low tide, you got to have a little water over their heads. But they've learned to spawn in some crazy places. You want to talk about that a little bit, Pete? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, they got they have to have water. So the, the rule of thumb is they they spawn a foot below the low tide mark. Water right. and sunlight, right? Yes. Just yeah. Like anyway. Right. Out of the current. Out of the current. Right. Because there's too much flow. So you're so either in or out going current. I mean, yeah. slack areas. Well, slack areas where there's no flow. Right. Coves and, and yeah. industrial squares. Yeah. And one, one one thing you can relate to, and, and you might, a lot of people seen this like you go to a reservoir it's got a good fish population and there's standing timber there and the fish will spawn in the crotches of the standing timber you know just out they'll be in 40 feet of water but there'll be a spawning bed on a branch and so that's that's a lot of what they do here on the delaware river a lot of those um you know those i call them slips or squares you know that that are maybe 40 50 feet deep some of them but maybe 
maybe there's a railroad tie timber that has been wedged out, and they'll line up spawning beds along that piece of timber. Amazing. Really? Yeah. Amazing. And very adaptive. A lot of, I mean, is sight fishing even a thing here? In the sight, it's not really a thing. You have a you have a very small window. Uh, you, you can, can be done, but you have a very small window of sight fishing opportunity at, right before low tide and right before it starts coming in. But it's it's difficult to do, but it can be it can be accomplished so all here. All these nice lily pad banks and trees and things like that were that we're seeing they don't spawn on that no like they would at harris chain or no. yeah they know. they they come from their spawning areas they migrate into those areas that the, that where a lot of the fish were caught this week huh. and uh they do a lot of that i mean we've got a i don't know if it's a, like a six mile an hour current these fish can just move i mean they spawn and they come out of their spawning areas and they can go five ten miles in a day yeah. you know and get to where the bait is and um, you know so they spawn. They spawn in some crazy places, and we have some big spawns. I'm telling you right now, in the springtime, I, I caught 47 bass out of a spawning cove in one in a single day. That's in, you know on this river, <laughs> and, and that that wasn't one of those tidal pools by the airport, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. 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 But it, that, that was a guy day. You know, it was just me and two other guys. But uh, you know, they're definitely there in numbers, and they've adapted. A lot of those squares silted in in the back with gravel bottoms. But one of the neatest spawning places I've seen is there was a, a I was in one of the spawning coves, and the bulkhead at low tide is three feet out of the water. But on top of the bulkhead, the, there was a little five by five area that maintained two inches of water. Even at low, as the water dropped out of it, it it was like it, it was like a little puddle there, and it, and two bass made spawning beds there. Wow! And the tide would drop out, and those two bass that would patrol the edge of the bulkhead as the tide went low, and you know their eggs would hatch, you know hatch right there. The, the the spawning bed was three feet out of the water at low tide. Wow! Uh, yeah. That's Crazy. It's some crazy stuff going on out there on the river. Those yeah. bass are nuts. Do we stop Dean on the phone? Dean, thanks for calling, man. Excited about that. Okay. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate it. We have another call. On the we do have another caller. Yeah. It's easy to get me excited, Ronnie. Okay, Ronnie, how you doing tonight, man? Where are you calling from? Ronnie, caller. Ronnie, my main man, Ronnie. Ronnie. Go beat him up. Dad, I can't. He's my friend. Maria, where's my stay free maxi pads? We do have some questions, though. Yeah, we got a little guessing game going on the, the instant feedback here as to what, okay. you're, what you're sipping on this evening. We have all sorts. Ah. Of, is that a craft beer that I see? Ah, yes. Uh, I, I'd like to show this to everyone. Tonight, our IPA of choice is Stone. And this is the go to IPA. Very good. Uh, this is the craft beer tonight. Jared, you want one? We'll get you one. Oh, uh, I thought I had to do something special. No. Not. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Be- Rebecca, how can we get Jared a beer? I do need to. Okay. Good and, question, And Mark. we also have uh, some shout-outs for Becky from oh. from other wives who are watching the show. Wow. Who are, who are fishermen's wives and wanted to say, uh, hang in there. Hang in there, Beck. Hang in there. Hang in there, lady. Like I'm not hanging in there. No, she said. She said how she knows how tough it is to be a fisherman's wife, yes. and she wanted to say, she's there for you. All right. Thank you. Thank I like you. That. What's her name? Barbara. What? Her name. Margaret. Is Barbara. What's her name? Margaret. Margaret Thatcher. Thank you, Margaret. Wow. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> All right, this whole thing just got weird. The fish move on the Delaware River. One of the things you brought up that I just want to elaborate on is 
dude, they move like crazy. Um, 30 miles to these fish between their seasonal life cycle. Winter, spring, summer, fall is freaking nothing, dude. Is nothing. 30 miles. 30 miles is nothing. Dude, these fish, it's amazing to think that they're that smart. Brains that big, dude. But when they want to go downstream, they sit and wait for the outgoing tide. They put it to their back, and they freaking go, dude. And when the tide turns and comes back in, they stop. Mm-hmm. And when the tide goes back out, they go back with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. All these years later, I'm still amazed by that. And it's bait fish driven. I mean, the cool thing about the Delaware is you've got saltwater bait fish species, freshwater species. You've got all kinds of crazy food that they feed on from season to season. You got the striper spawn is massive in the river, yep. and the baby stripers make for some good snacks for the bass. Yep. And uh, you know, there's a there's so much. So they that bait fish migrates in and out, up river, down river, and up the creeks and out of the creeks and the bass just wherever that bait goes so goes the bass and they also feed on coney island whitefish i don't know if you saw any of them floating out there the coney island whitefish i don't know what that is you know they're about that long some are ribbed some Latex. are white some are pink yeah, yeah. no i see squids I, I had to go to the car wash and get some of them stuck off my boat yeah <laughs> yeah that's nasty do we have a caller brian the carpenter we do we have john from texas john from texas how you doing man what's your question Oh, no, we don't. He's out. Everybody's hanging up on us. I'm yeah. telling you. I got a question for you. I myself caught. Look at that. Oh, thank you very much, Becky. Oh, that's uh, nice. Caught, I don't know, maybe five or six catfish and a snapping turtle. And wow. I've heard of uh, numerous guys catching catfish. Is I mean, is that a deal here? Like, mm. like just a abundance of catfish yeah you know the catfish to me is um on this river on the potomac on the upper chesapeake i freaking love it because when i get around them catfish that are biting plugs that are biting baits yeah you're in the right freaking spot yeah i mean i caught them one on a spinnerbait yep. that's the first time i ever had yeah yeah they're know, very I, I flipped them and stuff which yep. i did here too yeah I've never had a catfish. Yeah, they're the very aggressive. They they're, they they are pred, predators just like the largemouth, and they feed on the exact same stuff. And you'll see guys get frustrated by catching a catfish, and you know because they think you're in a tournament, you think it's bass. Right. But the, what I've learned, like Mike just said, you know, when you catch a catfish, you're close. You're you know, around them. You're around them, man. There's close. predators feeding in the area, guaranteed. There's some bass around there somewhere. You know. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. What do we got going on back there, Matt? Brian, what's happening? What's the word? You look very busy. Brian's working on the the caller situation. We're not sure if they're hanging up on you or we're hanging up on them. Oh, okay. So we're trying to we're trying to make sure. Are we going to try it again right now? We're going to go right to Anthony from the bait store. Anthony from the bait store. Anthony from the bait store. How you doing tonight, man? How you doing, Mike? Yeah, we got him. Good cool. to hear you. Good to hear from you, man. What's happening? Nothing. This is awesome. Uh, I'd rather meet you than a president. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that. That's a bold <laughs> comment. Bold comment. Uh, ooh, uh, I was just saying that um, I met you at the Arsenal. I mean, I've been fishing my whole life on the river. And um, a lot of people were saying, like, you guys fish all these crazy places, and uh, there's a lot bigger fish. The river right now is so hard because they got to fight that tide. And I was getting a little, not upset, but, like, when people were saying that Mike has to win this, Mike has to win this, his hometown, I mean, these guys are, all these guys are really good. I mean, just because it's your hometown, you shouldn't want it. You want, you work just as hard as everybody else. And I want you to know that, like, that 
you literally want you work just as hard as everybody else. Just because it was hometown, just didn't mean you had to win it. You put your time in, you put your study in, you put everything in, and you deserve to win. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. That's awesome. I mean, this is crazy. Appreciate it. Did you get to Did you get to see the madness of the way in, Anthony? I did. I was working at the store. I mean, I was looking on my phone the whole time. Yeah. But I mean, it was awesome. I was watching it. I was watching it on my phone with a bunch of other people in there. It was crazy. That's awesome. Give a shout out, Anthony. By the way, while you're on the phone, let all, let all the listeners know where you work, what the name of the store is, and where it's located. Um, I work at Brinkman Bait and Tackle. It's on it's on Linden Avenue in Northeast Philadelphia. Uh, we got a bunch of bad stuff. I mean, a bunch of everything for saltwater, everything. That's, uh, I work down there pretty much every day except Thursdays and Fridays. I love to talk to anybody that wants to come in and talk about fishing. That's what I do for a living, and that's what I love to do. That's awesome. And that's, you know what I love about that is that is the heart and soul of an urban angler right there. I mean, here you've got urban anglers, and then you've got a store right there on the river in northeast Philly. I mean, that's 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 what it's all about. They, they've, been ser- exactly. they've been servicing those anglers. Brinkman's has been around a long time, hasn't it? it? Has. Yeah, yeah, 50 years. 50 years. They've been, they've been, they sell a lot of squid at Brinkman's. I know for the guys. Yeah, so we've got everything. everything. <laughs> for the guys that run down to the Delaware Bay, yeah. so they, they exactly. the Philadelphia guys love to fish Delaware Bay, love to fish the stripers and the blues off the coast. And guess what? Now they're all gonna love to fish largemouth bass in the Delaware River. Yeah, you're gonna have Absolutely. to uh, keep in touch with us, Anthony, and let us know how businesses over the next couple months. I'd be interested Literally. to see if, if your bass fishing business goes up a little bit. I sold three conventional uh, baitcasters today. People asking me how to use them. I was in the parking lot giving lessons. Awesome. Because everybody wants to fish with like the bass pros now. That is amazing. So, that's awesome. And the funny thing about that is Jared still doesn't know how to throw a baitcaster. caster. <laughs> uh, I'm still learning. <laughs> that's right. You practice at Dick's and I practice in my bait store, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, man. Thank, thank you very much. Call, dude. It's good to hear from you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You know, would you like to know when you won this tournament? Wow. I, Wait a minute. Say that again. I would I would like to tell you when you won this tournament. Brian, listen to this. This is very interesting. Matt, Brian, I want you to listen to this. Tell me. Now, this is a four-day event, right? Okay. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you've often heard that you can't win it on the first day, but you can lose it. And I would like to say your smallest stringer of fish came on day one. Yes. That's the day you won the tournament. Wow. That's the day. It was, it was, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I say that. The, first and foremost, we knew we had low tide first thing in the morning. And low tide is the premium time to catch fish on this river. And I've said it, and I, I knew it was going to happen to people. If you guess wrong, you're going to be in a very, very tight spot. The rest of that day, yeah. because if you if you showed up to your best holes and you blanked, and then you're stuck with a flooding incoming tide the rest of the day, man, that is a tough scenario, and that's exactly what happened to you. You went to one of the best areas on the river uh, in the summertime, and after an hour, hour and a half, you had one squirrely little keeper bass in the live well. And you were stuck with a flooding incoming tide. And you scrambled around, 
and did a just a masterful job getting nine and a half pounds that day. And people don't that don't fish tides don't understand how hard it is to do that on an incoming tide. You got just enough. I think you you had five or six bites. Six keeper bites that day. Six keeper bites. And but by doing that you you accomplished a couple things. Now you were twenty first in the standings. You know? What if you only caught two or three bass that day. How deflated you would have been. How that would have challenged you mentally. Yeah. But by, by, by surviving that day, it puts you in a position to have that own unbelievable 15-pound stringer on day two, full of confidence, rolling, rolling in a day three, tides getting better all the time. Better every, every day, things are getting easier, you know, and, and you know, so I... You won that tournament on day one. Wow. That's an interesting analogy. I, I, I like that. I, I think, I think so. there's definitely... What do you think about that, Matt? I think there's some merit to that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, merit. Yeah, I think you could also go... And Pete knows a lot better how this river fishes multiple days in a row, but I think you could go day three because uh, day one, the pressure's kind of off you because you did what you accomplished. You're still saying, top 20, I'd be happy, even though that's not true. Then the second day... You catch Duckett, who everybody thought was still going to be leading the tournament, and now you're going into the weekend with everybody coming to to Penn's Landing to watch Iconelli win the tournament, and you've had a day where things really don't go good and have said, I don't think I can repeat 15 pounds. So now you've got more pressure, more people following you, and you've had two days that are drastically different. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's a good point. Well, that's that's a real good point, Matt. And I, I think you're right in uh, a lot of deals, a lot of situations. Here, one of the things that you once you get a lead, and and I notice this on these tidal rivers like the Hudson River, and here where sometimes weights are very hard to post every day, and once you got that big bag, all you needed to do was be steady. And the guys wouldn't be able to hang with you. Yeah. You're the only guy that caught a limit every day in this tournament. Yeah. And um, you know, but that, that's a very valid point. One of the, the the river was challenging. Did you know that there were six guys in the elite series that had caught limits every single day of competition all, all year? And then you know, this how many are there? It. And this this knocked every one of them off. Bill Lowen wow. was the last man to survive. And uh, he held up until the last day where he weighed in only three bass. So, so now there is none. Then the Delaware River, you know, was humbling to to all of us. We've all been humbled by this sport, haven't we? It axed them, man. It's a tough place. It's yeah, it's brutal. What do we got? All, what do we got going on all back right, there, guys? Uh, wait, I, I got uh, one quick question, okay. and then. Uh, by the way, we would like to see what you guys look like every once in a while back there. We just hear voices. Uh, Matt was a Here's what we're going to do. So Kyle uh, wants to know what you're rocking with the kicks. Oh, Kyle? With the kicks. He said he said he knows you are into the skateboarding shoe. And yes. He wants to know what you're rocking tonight. Yes, Kyle, thank you for the question. Tonight, I'm going with the classic suede Puma. I decided to select baby blue with baby blue stripe tonight. One of my give me a cross shot of that, Bri, real quick. Give me a cross shot of it. Where's the cross shot? There it goes. Or cross shots off. Baby blue suede puma, as seen in Beach Street. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then I think what we're going to do the way 
the way uh, Littner's been sucking down that craft beer, <laughs> I, I think we're going to take a, a music break. Yes. We're going to reload. Yes. And then uh, we're going to bring some uh, a new guest in. So you're out of here. Littner, you can just yeah. sit out. You can just pony up there and play a little shuffleboard, yeah. eat some Chex Mix, groom the stash, whatever it is you do in your spare time. Groom the stash. And, uh, and we'll be back with what the what? – what is it? There's three of them. The second period We're in of the Ike Live. Second period coming up. Little little break here. Brian the Carpenter, give us some music. We're going to take a little break. We're going to refill our beers. And joining us in just a minute, special guest from Fishity.com. See you in a second. Jared, thank you. Thank you. Jared Lettner, everyone. Thank you very much.
Man, we're back. We took a little bit of what we call beer break. Uh, we're going to jump right back into it. Uh, thanks for waiting with us. Man, what an exciting show. Exciting show. A lot of people out right outside the studio at B3 Bar. A lot of people out there hanging out, excited. A lot of energy still around this trophy, this event. Pretty amazing. I think I think it's going to be a few more days of this. I think you're going to be a little while before this all settles back down to normal. Has let me ask you this: Do you think what just transpired? And I want to hear everybody's opinion on this. Do you think what just happened in Philadelphia has changed the sport a little bit? Do you think the the, the sport itself might be different moving forward after just after what just happened? Oh, I, I think so. I think the you know the way that that crowd responded and reacted to you know what's going on with you, you know how many. You haven't seen crowds that enthusiastic. You haven't seen crowds connect that strongly with any individual angler. Um, you know, it really showcased the inner city stuff. It it showed a lot of people that, you know, you can catch bass in the city. It did so many things that are really good and really positive, um, you know, that I, 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 def- I think they're going to see a blip in the sport of fishing. I think it really did something. That's awesome. Before we jump into it, I want to introduce our next guest. Uh, two amazing guys, known him for a while. To my right, Brian Jensen from Fishity in the studio. Looking like a Looking rock like star a rock over star. there. Looking like a rock star. Brian, how you doing tonight? I'm doing beautiful. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You look happy like something big just happened in your life. Something big did happen, man. I, I'm still, I, I feel like I'm running on about two and a half hours sleep, but I'm still stoked, man. I'm you still stoked. Be. Job well done, man. Congrats. I'm still stoked. And, and let me introduce our second Brian. Another, my other brother. My other brother, Brian. N- another <laughs> brother from another mother, also from Fishity. Man, so good to have Welcome. you guys in the studio. So good to see you, man. Yeah, thanks for having us, Like, Appreciate Yeah, you're that. a Philly guy, Brian. What did you think about this event? You were there. You got to witness this madness. Yeah, I mean, when I saw you afterwards, I think you. I hope you remember me say I'm glad you brought it back to the East Coast. You Absolutely. Know? There's so much great fishing out here, and people just don't realize it. it it's so great to kind of uncover what we have here in yeah, the city. It truly is. It, yeah. it, the the scoople or the shore kill as we call it. Yeah. Oh, that's the highway, right? Yeah. Not the river. Yeah. Okay. Route seventy six. If you don't know about it, stay off of that. Yeah, route. just just don't Take bother. Yeah, road. go don't some go other way. Don't go some go other way. Down that road. <laughs> what did you think about it, Bry? You know, I I was really stoked and you know when you told me there was gonna be a event here I obviously booked my my plans right away to get out here but to me what i loved about it was they set it up for such low expectations like everyone was acting like it was going to be one of these you know pittsburgh deals yeah where 12 pounds is going to win it and you guys were catching that in a day oh, yeah. i mean you got you almost caught 50 pounds right yep, absolutely so yep. you know and and that's just the thing is there's so many urban fisheries in the north that can produce really big bags I live in one of them in Madison, Wisconsin. It's great, great fishery. Yeah. So I, I was just stoked to see some northern urban fisheries do some work. So yeah. I'm, I'm and it, it, the river did put out. The yeah. river put out, and the people showed up. You know, one of the things I heard a lot is I heard from a lot of the other anglers and, and some people in the media, like, who are these people, you know? Are, are these people that filled the stands? Are they just people that were visiting Penn's Landing, just walking through? But they weren't. 
These were freaking fish heads. No, nah, man, it was like a Flyers game. They dude, were they, hype. <laughs> these were fish heads. These were guys that loved to fish, hunt. They loved the outdoors. They were fishermen that just happened to live in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's freaking, that's unbelievable to me. But And that's true. But I tell you that what you did get was those city folks that that found out that the tournament was here. And we're we're fascinated that there was largemouth in the river, and you had a group of people that were exposed to something that they didn't know existed yeah. too, yeah. you know. And but they what they were were they're passionate Philadelphians, yeah. You know they're passionate tri-state people. So when they saw their local boy do good, you know it was just like cheering for the Eagles, just like cheering for the Flyers, and uh, and they jumped right on board the bandwagon. It, it, that, so you had a really great crowd. Do you think if Chris Lane would have won the event that his legs would have been broken before he got off stage. <laughs> I, I, I would hope not. I would hope there would be no beer bottles or snowballs being thrown or batteries. yeah, b- batteries. batteries. <laughs> oh my God! No, I think I think, but they embraced Chris Lane. You know, they they embraced a lot. You know, but certainly everybody wanted to see the local boy win. And I, I've talked to some other tournament guys, and they're very impressed with how everything was set up. You know, the, the city, the crowd, everything, man. I remember talking to Brandon Polinick afterward, and I, was, I made a joke to him. You know, someday we'll have this in Boise, and you'll have the same kind of reaction. He's like, nothing can beat this. Yeah, that's so awesome. That, it was wow. awesome. It that's was, awesome. Wow. That's powerful. What a statement. Yeah, that's a great statement. Mm-hmm. It, it was just such a unique event. I'm so glad. There was so much, uh, you know, there was a lot of anxiety before the event started. And I think that after it all happened, I think it couldn't have turned out better. It was just an amazing watching Jerry McInnes just you know greet the fans and walk through the crowd and just you know being because they didn't know yeah they took a chance yeah you know give them credit yeah. you know they talked to you about the fishery some of the folks over there talked to me about it they didn't know if the fish were going to show up and no idea that the people were going to show up they took a bold chance to to come here and um, you know man they they were you couldn't help but be impressed by by how it finished up yeah it was awesome let's jump into it let's talk a little bit about the winning baits you know i i want to talk a little bit about brian can we get uh can we get some images of a couple of the baits that were key uh this this was a big thing i think a lot of the questions over the last day that i've had from people calling in wanting to know what were the really key lures this week could you be a little more vague too when you say bry yeah, I know. There's too many. Yeah, by the way, we got 18,000 Bryans in the house tonight, Beck. Can we sift through these? There are officially three Bryans in, that, in the yeah. studio at the moment. Can you also build a table and produce a show like that, Brian? Absolutely not. That dude's like MacGyver. I, I could build a table. I don't know about produce a show. <laughs> you do all right, man. You do all right. All right, right here, we're going to hold up. Hold that up, Bry. Here we have number one. A little compact jig, for sure, was a key bait this week on the river, man. Um, Pete, you kind of turned me on to that deal out there on the river. You kind of keyed me in onto that small profile. But the color was another important thing. And I want you to talk about a little bit. Talk a little bit about that brown and purple with the green pumpkin Berkeley chigger chunk on the back. That's a key bait out there. T- tell me a little bit about the size and tell me what you think that thing imitates. Well, it's, you know, thanks for the shout-out, by You're the welcome. way. Appreciate you. But the, uh, 
you know, that's a bait that, that I've been using on the tidal river systems from the Chesapeake to the Hudson to the Delaware ever since I saw, you know, I looked at that style of bait. What, what the deal is, is it's a, it's a small, compact, you know, presentation. That's what you're looking to accomplish with yes. that. And it's got a half ounce of tungsten on it. And, um, you know, that that does a couple of things that I think are really cool. It, it, number one, it is an extremely fast rate of descent, yeah. right? Because of the half-ounce nature of the bait, it falls fast. In the heat of the summer, when the water's warmest, a lot of times fish get kind of weird, and they, they don't bite real well. So by by falling fast, you uh, you create a situation where they have to react. You know, they're reacting to that deal. And, uh, and I think that was... You know, a big part of it. Another big part of that is it fishes well in current. We got all that heavy flow, and the bait gets down real good. And um, and then there's the colors. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know why I'm talking about you won the darn tournament, but the uh, you know the colors are, are, are you know the purple. There's that that color is visible in the stained water of our tidal water estuaries, and I I really don't think it matches the hatch particularly well with anything, but I think it uh, it's visible under a lot of different light conditions. Because you notice, like when the tide comes in, it gets a little stained. You know the water. When, yeah, when the tide's going out, it's a little bit clearer. But in both those conditions, that's very, very visible um, situation. So uh, you know, there's there's some of the keys to it. But bottom line is, man, you throw that you throw that style of bait, and and you tend to get a bunch of bites. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome. And then we've got the second bait, which was uh, I guess you'd call it a creature style bait, uh, Berkeley Havoc Pit Boss. Okeechobee crawl color. Bry, show that thing. There it goes. Three eighths ounce tungsten weight, five out VMC hook. Dude, that became my number one bait in fishing those drains. Inside the drains, inside the barges, when the cover got real nasty, I wanted to get away from that little jig and pitch that bigger bait with that bigger hook. Wow. Dude, it's so important to stick them and then just let them sit in there and then you and then dig them out. Key bait for me this week. Wow, that that was a question I had for you. You know, I knew you were dancing back and forth between those two style of baits because I, being in the in the press boat, the media boat, they kept asking me, "What's he throwing now?" And I'm and I can't see anymore because I'm I'm getting old. Right. But uh, you know, they're so far away. I'm like, is he throwing a jig? Is he so good? Yeah, is he throwing a creature bait? I couldn't really tell all the time, and I, I, did, I couldn't. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you when did when did you throw one? When did you throw the other? And yep. uh, that's a neat distinction because you were using that big. Heavier hook with that creature bait that was, in the heavy cover. That's, that, was real that answers when that question. That cover got real heavy. I decided to go with that bait. But now I want to shift it to talking about those drains. And this is a really cool thing um, because that was key for me. On the high water, for sure, having those drains saved me in this event. That's a time of the day when you can't really catch them doing anything else. The water's super high. Um, but I found a series of drains and I I never knew about these things. Fishing this river freaking 20 years. Didn't know about them. But found them on Fishity. Using Fishity maps. I mean, this, this is unbelievable. Because here we are. We've got two guys from Fishity. So I want to talk about this. I want to talk about how... 
the technology, how mapping technology, how these these images of what you're fishing can help. So key um, for me to actually have that iPad mount at my boat to be able to see targets, to be able to find things that nobody has found for years and years on the river and those places you can only access on a high tide. But once I got to those drains, six, eight foot deep in front of them and that constant flow in and out of those tidal ponds. So key. So key for me this week. It was amazing. I, you know, I was with you, uh, you know, on the river and I saw your setup. And, you know, I'm not set up that way. I will be set up that way. And, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing how you seamlessly move from your iPad mapping deal over to your GPS mapping and then your sonar, your downscale, all the tools that, you know, usually I go home and consult the maps. And, you know, but to have that on the boat, being able to access that in real time, you know, when you're looking for drains, you're looking for yeah. a piece of similar type of industry or something like that and, and you can compare the maps so fast man it was it was amazing so important so important talk a little bit about Brian, how, how guys are using maps and how they're not even the hardcore tournament guys but it's yeah. important for everybody and just to get it straight i mean neither brian or i are hardcore tournament guys in fact we're anglers that have struggled a lot in our life and that's why we came up with the with the fishy idea but um, one thing that separates, I think, fishity from other sort of mapping-based stuff is that we, we, we focus on fishing maps, not just navigation maps. Yeah. And there's a big difference. So we are keyed in on structures like you were talking about and identifying those structures. And that's a huge part of what we're doing. Um, so people are using it basically to el- eliminate unproductive water. I mean, I use it all the time. Um, the way I think about it is, you know, there's an old saying in fishing, you guys are in fishing, you guys have probably heard it that um, 90% of fish are in 10% of water, right? So if we can help identify that 10%, and it's not going to be foolproof, it's not going to work every time, but if you can take a big area like the Delaware River and shrink it down into a very small area. Narrowing the window. Yeah. It's going to just increase your likelihood for success. Absolutely. Yeah. Tide management, man. On a, on a place like the river, even more so, because you're dealing with tides. You've got an eight-hour day to figure out where to be on low, mid, and high. So time management, extremely, extremely critical. Extremely critical. And by the way, I want to let everybody know that go to Fishity in the next week or so, and we're going to have my spots actually marked on the fishity maps. Awesome. Someone can get on there and actually see the places I fished, right? Yeah, that's the that's another great thing about fishity, like you said, is you know, Ike's out there marking spots. You know, everybody that's marking spots. We're we gonna treat, see Shaw spots. Yeah, Shaw's will be out there and yeah. uh, you know when when you follow a lake it's like following a person. You know, and anybody that contributes to that and wants to help and, and we build a community. You know, it is and, a community. And, and that's the beautiful thing about it is you can learn from one another and you can really elevate your game when it comes to being on the water. Yep. Yep. It's like a giant it's it's like a big club. It's like where guys can get together, bond, share information and see what everybody else is doing. So that's important. Selectively. I mean one thing that I understand is there are certain spots that maybe only you and Pete wanna yep. Keep to yourself. Pete, should sure. I give away your best spot or should I leave it? I, I know he's got some spots, though, and he ain't sharing them. So. He's never sharing uh, a few of them. No, no. But the cool thing about fishing is, like, we understand. We're, we're anglers ourselves. So we understand how that works. So if Pete wants to keep a spot completely private, 
he can do that, and then that's his own fishing log. And if he wants to share stuff with you or other people he's connected to on Fishity, he can do that also. Can, so we, we give him groups. the flexibility. We yeah. can do groups. So groups, whatever. Yeah, I exactly. compete and just go out there and share their super special spots with Brian and I. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I figured I'd try, you know. <laughs> I even marked the spot where you and I got that, that old dude was stuck. Remember that? I That's right. Him. We saved him. We saved an old dude. He would have been there forever. He, he still would have yeah, been there. Yeah, he would have been skeleton and bones by now. Lake Conroe. Oh, my gosh. How are we doing back there, Matt? We got any We got any questions? We got any feedback? Oh, what was that? Yeah. Yeah, we got a we got we we got a call, but we have it's a it's a call slash request. Wow. Okay. We got Russ, who's been on hold for what probably about ten minutes. Okay, Russ. He's fourteen. You want to talk to Ike and Nelly? You got to wait on hold. That's right. You don't just get right in. That's Brian, right. Brian's back here saying maybe we should take the number and call him back. No, you wait to talk to the man. <laughs> He's fourteen. He request, can wait. Though, that trophy's been sitting there That's for right. a, the better part of an hour and a half. Yeah. You you haven't lifted it up yet. For the for the Ike Live fans, it's no, it's heavy. Do, should I try and, it? I, I mean, yeah, that's a request. You like to see a hoist it? Who wants to see that, Russ? Russ, and a number of our other instant feedback. Okay, viewers. all right. Should I do that right now? Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, and then get comfortable. Then Russ has a question. For okay. you. <laughs> you, you got a support belt? I don't know. You better. I might have to use that one. You're my heavyweight belt. You've been a little wore out now. You might need to help you have him to there, Brian. Down when you hold it, then. <laughs> <laughs> There it is, the champion's pose. Sweet. Which one do you like better, the the 06 or the two? And, and be be uh, fair here. Say again. Be fair here. Did you just, Which, did you just call me a bear? No, I, <laughs> he called you a beaver. Oh, a beaver. <laughs> hey, I'm a beaver. Woodchuck. Uh, the the 14 trophy. Yes. And Big Dave probably watches this, I'm letting you know. Okay. Right, the, the guy who makes them. Spe- special shout out, Dave Smith. Uh, Dave. The 14 or the 06? Boy, uh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I think they're both really special. I would lean toward aesthetically. Uh, strictly aesthetically. Aesthetically? Yeah, no, no emotion attached. I would say this one, for sure. Good call. All right, let's go to Russ. Okay, Russ, how you doing tonight? Where are you calling from? What's your question? Hi, um, I'm calling from Jacksonville, Florida. Yes, sir. And, um, how are you? Good. Um, I um, just want to congratulate you on your tournament win, and I just fished my first tournament myself. Did pretty good on Rebel pop and some swim baits. Cool. And um, a lot of people have been asking me, so, Ross, what do you want to do when you're older? What about a job? And my um, answer is always, well, I want to be a professional bass fisherman. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yes. You like that. They're, they're always telling me, hey, it's impossible. There's no way you're going to make that. And um, um, my question for you is, um, what are some things... <laughs> <laughs> what are some things that I can do while I'm still pretty young, training or um, whatnot, that will help me uh, achieve that goal? Man, great, great, great question, Russ. And, and let me start by telling you that as you were saying that, it's funny. It gave me chills because I can't tell you how many times I heard that when I was your age. Probably a little older, you know, when I was 17, 18, 19 having this dream of wanting to do it. So many people being negative. Don't listen to that, man. If you want to do it, you can do it. You know, if you're passionate about it, you can make it. But, uh, man, there's a bunch of things. You know, I'm going to mention a couple. I'll give it to Pete and and these guys. And uh, there's a bunch of things you could do. The first thing I always want to tell you is go out of your way to learn new techniques. Man, you're 14 years old. The one thing you have right now is time. 
You've got time on your side. Practice things that you're not good at, right? So identify things that you're weak at. If you love pop bars and, and plastic worms, but you hate spinner baits and jigs, go out and learn those baits, man. Force yourself to learn those techniques because as a, as a pro angler, you've got to be able to do everything. So so learn all those techniques. That's That's one for sure. The second one would be join a club. Um, you know, join an organization, um, a local bass uh, junior chapter, uh, a, a local club, or even something like Fishity, where you can connect with other young anglers. It's so important to connect with people, network, and bounce ideas off other people. What do you think? Mentor. Find, find a mentor. Mentor is great. Find somebody that is where you want to be, you know, in fishing. You know, if you're fortunate, maybe you can find somebody that's close to you that's actually a professional angler. Peter T. There, Peter yeah. T. Jacksonville. Peter T. So Shaw Grigsby. Well, he's close he's by. He's in Gainesville. Yeah. Close by. But the um, finding a mentor is definitely key. Joining a club. And as you get older, I think it's 16 is the minimum age to become a marshal. Is that right? I think it is. Yep. Um, if that's true, I highly recommend becoming a marshal in the Bassmaster Elite Tournament Trail. It's such a, an amazing tool to see the best anglers in the world struggling here on the Delaware, you know, or guys that are having super success, see how they maximize their fish, how they, you know, take care of a tournament scenario and how they utilize the different techniques uh, that, you know, start out as a co-angler in tournaments where, you know, where that's available to you. Once you, once you can get into that Marshall program, that's got to be one of the best training tools available out there right now. It's awesome tool. And... Subscribe to Bash University TV. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. The other thing, Russ, too, and I, I don't, I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to sound, you know, repetitive here, but super important if you really want to do this as a career, go to college, go to school after you graduate high school, man. Because I got to tell you, and and Pete will tell you, all these guys will tell you, about fifty percent of being a professional angler is fishing. The other fifty percent. Is, is the business side of it, right? So ha- get a degree, man. Get a, a business degree, a marketing degree. Uh, you know, that education is going to help you in the other half of being a pro angler. And what's awesome about that, and you make great points, is that all these colleges have teams now. They do. So you can actually fish in college, which is so cool. I mean, you're... It's awesome. It's so, awesome. And we never had that. We no, never had no, that. No, I, I didn't have we a team ready. when I was in college. I, I mean, I, I wish I would have because it would have been so fun. I mean, it would have been a great way for you to be able to polish your tournament skills, learn. Plus, you can learn the business side because the college yes. teams are trying to get sponsors as well. Yeah. So it's almost like an internship. It I, is. I fished in college, University of Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Right. That's it. Three baby. years. That's how I got in the. Uh, that's how I got in the biz, so Go to Sooners. speak. And and that's all I've ever done. I mean, I went straight from a, uh, a communications degree to uh, uh, to taking out Mark Jeffrey's garbage over at Basso <laughs> yeah. for about the last eight years and carrying around his heavy stuff. And now we I, I do a college site, College Basso, and it's strictly for the college kids. Yeah. That's I mean, it's amazing how. Well, heck, I think the the Penn State guys were driving you up to the weigh-in every day. They I. Did. It, it's amazing that the sublimation, yeah. the uh, professionalism that they have, and uh, it's a great early training ground. And heck, yeah. a, a, a good first day from Jordan Lee at, at Lake Gunnersville 
and he makes a run at the glass. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I don't know if you knew this, by the way, but Brian the Carpenter went to the College of Martial Arts here in Blackwood, New Jersey. He's been giving me that eye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. He actually, the, the he, a, he actually got his yellow belt there. So. He, he actually karate chopped me in the neck last night. I, 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 I just woke up. I thought I heard him say Hayata earlier. <laughs> Hayata? Hayata. Oh, and by the way, on the just one thing on the the Fishity actually has a college and high school fishing program where we try to help the kids out. So if you just email us at info or support at fishy.com, we can help Russ and his other teammates. Awesome. Awesome. Great information. Russ, thank you for the call tonight, man. Jacksonville in the house. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate thank you. Great caller. Man, He's a smart I love kid, that. man. I I freaking love Little fish heads calling in like that. I love it. And man, that, that's a communicator, that, that kid right there. At 14, how well he spoke, communicated his thoughts he and might ideas. Be the next Brandon Pollock. Well, if he, if he makes it as. He's a, only got two years left until he's <laughs> the same age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't say that, Brandon. Brian did. <laughs> That's awesome. When are we going to have the first scholarship for a uh, college Do we bass have angler? That? Yeah, there actually is. I believe, I believe it's Bethel. I yeah. think, and uh, uh, they 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 do have full. I think it's a full fishing scholarship now. Wow! Yeah, I know that there's a couple other universities that are working on it. In the works is Dallas Baptist University. Uh, I mean, these guys have uh, like a training facility where they keep their boats on campus, uh, tackle rooms, wow. drivers for their tournaments, uh, we coaches, drug testing, uh, and mandatory homework. Sessions. Uh, wow. they, we lo- we love the guys like that. We love the guys at DBU Dallas Baptist University. They're friends of the Bass University. They are. Yeah. And uh, they have a they have a great program. And I, it's awesome to hear that the there's coaching. You know, seeing that coaching going on, getting that mentor in those college programs because a lot of the college programs are clubs. You know, that's how they get started. But uh, to be able to see these, you know, coaches, somebody with uh, a skill set that can can really help these kids, that's uh, awesome. Matt actually brought up a really interesting topic, which is drug testing (laughs) in the sport of professional bass fishing. We've kind of thrown that out there before. People have talked about it in inner circles of of pro fishing. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something they should do? That's interesting because, I mean, I'd like to see the science on it. Like, could you actually, I mean, I could imagine you could have longer casts. You could have more endurance. I mean, if baseball players can hit farther home runs, maybe you could. You know, I actually think we should inject the bass with steroids. Whoa. (laughs) I'd like to do that. Just watch him get all, you know, crazy and explode. Jump like 30 feet out. Shoulders like you couldn't believe. Wow, I've, I've I've heard tell of guys uh, being accused of using performance-enhancing drugs uh, in in the fishing game on the wow. elite trail. On the elite trail, yeah, I've heard rumors. I have no none substantiated, but I've heard wow. rumors of pros talking about things. Guys using uh, you know various uh, things to help them stay focused. As you get in, you know how it is. You get into your twelfth hour of the day, it's hard to stay focused, man. You're tired. You're exhausted. The sun, the Wind, whatever, cold. Is that what the Iked Up is for? Uh, Iked Up, and also um, I take gulp and power bait, and I just inhale it. <laughs> that kind of brings you back to life. Chop uh, it up. I love it. Yeah, it's good. The gulp's really good for that. You know. Yes, yeah. love it. I sniff it. 
That's great. But it's, I mean, the biggest thing of fishing, bass fishing, is is it's a war of attrition, right? I mean, it's how long, and especially those hot summer days. Yeah. I mean, if there was something that could give you a boost, yeah, you know, to give you an edge over some of the other guys, when you start to get to eleven o'clock noon, I mean, you start to drag. Yeah. Day three, four of a turn. I mean, F- physically and mentally. Yeah. And mentally, even more so. I like the five-hour energy. That works for me. That's a that's a thing. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but where do you cut it off? You know, with stuff like that. You know, right? Because uh, technically, that's. I I think eventually it will come to a head. I think eventually that'll be part of the sport. Is is drug testing? I know? think the mental aspect is you know because yeah. you can train for the physical aspect, but mentally. You know when when do you crack? Yeah. You know because and then you've got the other side of it, which is guys using not performance enhancement drugs, but mind altering drugs, <laughs> magic <laughs> mushrooms, heroin. Three, it's a C three eyed bass. <laughs> Absolutely, we got uh, Brian Carpenter. Heard the phone ring. We do. Thank goodness. We right? have David from Easton, PA. David, Easton, PA. How you doing tonight? What's your question? Hey, Mike, I'm your three-pounder. Remember from the Elite Series? Yeah! How you doing, three-pounder? Hey, good. good. What's What's cooking tonight, man? What's happening? Uh, I just have a question of, like, how? Did, what tricks do you have to do to get into a good college for fishing? Ooh! What tricks to get into a college for fishing? Have a good GPA. Uh, having a good I GPA good is important. SAT scores are pretty important. SAT scores are yeah. very important. The good thing is most of them are club teams. Right. So you show an interest, and you, and then it's it's just like any other sport. I mean, you you need to work hard. Yeah. And you go out. You know, the first thing you should be worried about is getting into school. Then when you get into school, then you can focus on the the fishing part of it. And then it's, you know, doing just like these guys do. Work your butts off. Yeah, do all the normal things you're supposed to do, man. Get good grades, you know, play sports, join clubs. And then, Matt, do do you guys have a list somewhere of all the colleges that have programs? Yes. Where can he find this? Uh, the colleges on collegebasszone.com. Okay. And, and I'll tell you, you know what the fastest growing sector in in the sport of fishing is the the age group yes high school wow just had the uh, I was actually just watching ESPNU they had the high school national championship and there's hundreds of clubs jerseys a coach and they compete in, in Illinois it's an IHSA lettered sport wow and that's kind of expanding throughout the country Bastet just had their first high school national championship and uh uh, FLW's had it around too, so you can get involved in high school and then just transition right up to college. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that the high school that won that was Susquehanna Valley. That sounds familiar. Wow. Right, right in, uh, outside of Harrisburg. That's cool. Yeah, River Fisherman. Gotta love That's it. That's cool. And I kind of like freaked out my friend today because um, I went over his house and we were watching YouTube. He was showing me some funny stuff, but then, uh, what's it called? I showed him something that I liked and I showed you your 2003 like freak out and he just Looked at me with this face. That's awesome. I, I had that look. I get that look a lot. I get that look a lot. It kind of looks like this. Sort of like that, but a little different. 
Hey, man, thanks for calling tonight. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Good hearing from you, brother. Yeah, you too. Okay, have a good night. How about all the kids calling in great. to the show? How cool is that? That's unbelievable. Real That's quick, the I, of the sport. we're just trying to help out uh, uh, Rich T here. He wants to join a club. I know you were you were rattling off club names all over Jersey and Philly behind stage, yes. pointing out who belongs to who. Give sh- give him a shout out of a couple of clubs he can look into joining around here. Uh, where's he? Does do, do we know where he's from? Yeah, he said, uh, could you recommend any clubs in Jersey or PA to join? So I'm guessing probably right around that kind of okay border area. Absolutely. First thing I would tell you is go to you can go to Bass or FLW website. You can find the chapters uh, in, in the tri-state area, but. Uh, Man, special shout out to Top Rod Bassmasters, man. Uh, my old club, and they're they're based right outside of Philadelphia in Runnymede, New Jersey. Pete, you want to give a shout out to your old club? Well, I started out in the Garden State Bassmasters, okay. and that, that club's uh, well, they they're not with us anymore. But Clearwater Bassmasters is where I fished in the in the Federation. But one of the clubs that I really like is they're friends of the Bass University. Great bunch of guys is the Bergen Bassmasters. Yes, from North Jersey. That's a Good big guys. club of great. Great bunch of guys that do stuff with the USO and um, and so many good things for the community and for the sport of fishing. Love those guys, uh, the Bergen Bassmasters. And and real quick, I'd imagine you can get pregnant on fishity and meet people who are within clubs in your area too. Absolutely, that's uh, a great way Absolutely. to meet it. But great. but Everybody also Pete people. and Ike, do you guys miss? And, and Pete, you're you're big time in too. I mean you 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 don't do you 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 don't fish the club stuff still, do you? You know, I'm still I'm still real friendly with my club. But when was the last say here's a question. Do you guys miss the old fashioned beat down club derby that you practice two days yeah, for and man. just go out and yeah. know every single guy that I, that's twenty years older than yeah. you that you want to kick let their butt? Let me tell you this, Matt, I don't know if you knew this. When the season's over, our season's over October, we have what's called winter leagues around here, which are essentially club level events. And I still fish them, man. I still fish them, and I love it. I love it. And those guys love to have me out there. And it keeps me sharp, lets me keep competing with these guys. But I don't know. Is it right? Because what about this Tony Stewart thing? Did you see that? He's he's a top-level NASCAR guy. He goes back and races on this little dirt track. That's kind of the same thing. Is that right? Is that wrong? Well, running over somebody would be wrong. You know, that's true. <laughs> so other, you know, that's a good question. The pro, you get, we get this a lot. Like when I, I'll go back every year and I fish. You know, I fish a local club tournament or buddy tournament. I still do it, Matt. Every year, I try to do something like that. Um, I'd love to do a lot more than I do. But you get guys that love when you're there, and you got guys that kind of protest when you're there. I think it's awesome. You know, when Mike shows up at a little, you know, trolling motor only tournament down there at Parvin or or somewhere, in the, and you hear about it, right? You, you you hear about this tournament, and the guys the guys love it. And I think beat, it's they nine times out of ten they beat my butt. I, well, I think they what, whoever they love that. You, you need to have them in studio on Ike Live for an episode. Yeah. This yeah. Week. You know, here's the thing, like. And I, I saw the Tony Stewart thing, and I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I don't know the details, but Tony Stewart loves racing, right? Just like you guys love fishing. 
Like, it's not just your job. It's your passion. passion. It's your hobby. Yeah. And why should anyone have to hold back? Like, right. if that's what they're passionate about. So I say more power to you. I mean, a lot of times, they, like you said, they're kicking your butt anyway. Tony Stewart loses a lot more sprint car races yeah. than he wins. Absolutely. But he's passionate about it. Yeah. So if you're passionate about something, I mean, that's why people should be in us. They should be in it because yeah, they love it. And he never quit. He was always running sprints, yeah, you know. Yeah. And if you're always out there the winter yeah. time, you know, you, you just never quit. Yeah. So you just keep on going with it. Yeah. I, I think it's it's when the the pro comes back just to kind of flex his muscle and yeah. then leaves. Yeah. That, that's where the trouble starts. Absolutely. Beck, real quick, do me a favor. Grab me that jacket off of the mannequin right there. Let me. Uh, while we're talking about clubs, let me um, let me showcase this quick piece of memorabilia real quick. Uh, this is actually. This is my old, you'll see the style of the jacket, and you'll laugh. That's awesome. This is the old, this is my old club jacket. Look at that. There it goes right there. Brian, can top, we, can we top get a rod, baby. Somewhere? How, how do we do that? Give me a cross shot of that thing, can you? Look at that thing. Didn't you catch that thing? Top rod bassmaster. Didn't you lose it and catch it? This is actually the replacement. Okay. So this is, when that happened, this was my replacement. So this is still, gosh, it's got to be 15 years old. How old is this, Bry? How old is this? I would say at least 15. At I least was there 15. when you caught your old one. Yeah, you were there when that yeah. happened. That was an unbelievable deal. Yeah. But there it goes. And Beck, you could wear it because I let my lady wear my jacket. And my ring. <laughs> don't, don't you feel so special? <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. Music break. Uh, music break. Music break. Soon. Yeah, soon. Uh, before we do that, we're gonna take another break. We're gonna go to period three. Brian, let these guys know how they can find Fishity. Let them know how they can get on the site and participate in what you guys got going it, on. It's super simple. Just go go to iTunes. Or uh, Android Play and download the Fishity app, or go to www.fish. Did I say four W's there? www. www. That would give you an error. <laughs> Three W's, fishity.com, and just create an account. It's simple. And connect with us. Then connect with you. Connect with Brian Smith. Connect with Brian Jensen. You know? Yeah. Super easy. Brian Stockle. Brian Stockle. Every Brian. Out. Carpenter Brian. Brian the Carpenter. <laughs> Brian Powell. Brian Powell. Brian Brooks. Brian Brooks. And that guy Brian and Brian 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 <laughs> All right let's uh let's let's pick some music in but as we go to a break yes. uh, let's leave with one with the with the comment from the instant feedback and you can kind of marinate on it oh, going into the third period Marination I like that Fink, FINK hope I didn't just say something bad there and look like an idiot right now Okay says Ike and you can start the music if you if you can just kind of start slow playing it Did and you it, say think? Think. Okay. Yeah. And and just kind of slow play it as I ease into this for for effect. Ike, I beat you on a tournament on the Cooper River like 8 years ago. <laughs> It was a Thursday nighter. Do you know how good that made me feel? Ah, but man, have you whooped my butt wow. at Parvin. Wow. How about that? I was well, at that Thursday nighter on Cooper River. You were there. I, yeah, I think we didn't make it home. Nicely done. We didn't get home. Good yeah, job, man. Thank, thank you for beating me. And thank you to Brian and Brian from Fishity. Check them out. Go to fishity.com. You want to be a member? It's the best site in the world. Thanks, Bring it to music. Let's take a break.
Folks at home, folks at home. Yeah, still live. Uh, we're still live. Hey, everybody! Uh, back here, Ike Live, uh, entering period three. Thanks for holding up with us. We had a little beer refill break. Uh, man, we had some great callers. Brian, Matt, young guys calling in, young fish heads, 14, 15 years old. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, that was, I felt like that was a diamond in the rough, that call. It was. Uh, he had a lot of time to get nervous, and I mean... 
very very fluid, and I, you want to say he's already one step ahead of the game. He is. You, you have the intangibles, so to speak. That's right. That's right. That's the future of the sport, man. I, I, I love to hear it. I love to. I love to hear young guys calling. But uh, we had a little shuffling during the break, and I want to introduce our new guests uh, right here in the studio, and sitting to my right, very good friend of mine and colleague, Mr. Dan Quinn from Avila. Everybody, <laughs> Dan Quinn from Avila. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Good to see you, Dan. And we've got a little shift on the casting couch. And we've got our two favorite uh, knuckleheads uh, in the world, Crazy Chris and Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fathead, in the house on the casting couch. David, Chris, good to see you guys. It's great to be here. Thank you. Good to see you guys, man. We're going to um, we're gonna wrap. Let's, let's keep it going. This whole show is based around Delaware River. Let's wrap a little bit. Let's talk about All right. your guys' impressions of it. Let's start with Dan. Dan, you've been to a bunch of events. You've seen a lot. You've been in the industry for a long time. By the way, let me mention that. Tell everybody who your dad is because I, your dad is still one of my heroes since I was a little young. Tell everybody who your dad is. Steve Quinn. Steve Quinn. Yep. Famous oh, wow. writer Steve oh, yeah. Quinn. Everybody knows Steve. Yeah. Uh, good guy. Yeah, good guy. And I actually I want to tell the story live on air. I actually got to fish with Dan's uh, dad at a, a writer event last uh, last year. <laughs> actually got uh, your dad got a hook in his hand and I got to remove a travel hook from his hand. That was a very important part of my life. That was a cool thing I got to do. It's quite an experience. It was an experience. But what what's your take? What's your take, Dan, on on what you saw? What you saw transpire this week at the Delaware? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I mean the crowds were incredible. Yep. You know, a tough tournament's fun to watch. Yeah. Everybody's always in it. Yeah. You can make a big comeback. Tough, tough tournaments. Fun yeah. to see. Yeah. The crowd, I mean, the, the place was awesome. Everyone yeah. thought the people treated them great. I it mean, was a, you, don't, you don't have to catch freaking eight and ten pounders. You don't have to catch 40-pound bags to have an exciting, interesting event. You don't have to do that. No, you always have that. Yeah. These tough ones are fun. you got to mix it up. It's good to mix it up. Yeah, it really puts... You know, test it's good to go off. to different areas. It's good to expand the sport to different parts of the country. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. What do you guys think? Crazy Chris, Dave? Well, I, I think this tournament here was a, a good deal because one or two key... Speaking of the mic, by the way, Chris. One or two key fish <laughs> is the deal. You know, that's what I love about this tournament the most. One, two-pounder, three-pounder moved the way up. Yeah. But this tournament was all mental focused. It was a lot. We watched you, Dave and I and uh, Brian. You were you were in that zone like I never saw before. Yeah. Even more than a class. Yeah, normally throughout the course of the day, at least once or twice, I think about Be- Becky naked. But I went completely <laughs> the entire event without thinking about that. Yeah, you were, you were really zoned in. <laughs> Look who walks in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Dave? What do you think about uh, this event? I have a whole bunch of things. Uh, where do we start? I guess... Let the elites come here two or three more times in the final day weigh-in, as good as these guys are. 
will be some one of the more exciting weigh-ins that you could have on the trail. Yep. As much as these guys figured out in a short amount of time that they did, I'm driving around the river and I'm seeing these guys in spots that I know are good, but they're like 20 feet away from the key in the good spot. Yeah, the like, juice. The super the juice. juice. In some cases, I'm watching them. They got their power poles in the juice, but they're right there. Like They figured it out. Yep. It took me 20 years. These guys come up with just a couple days and they're with their noses, they're right in Isn't the good amazing? stuff. Just right there. Like a couple more times Unfortunately, you laid out the body of work how to win here in the summertime. Yeah. Their approach next time will be much different, yeah. and it'll be a much tougher derby. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. You know, one thing that I thought was extremely interesting. I don't know if you talked about the spectator boats, and the, the, we did talk about that. Let's okay. jump into that a little bit. So what I noticed from myself when I was traveling around, my failed attempt at this whole thing was the amount of local pressure during tournament events. How many guys, how many locals are out there just stinging the spots, not even moving for guys that they know are in the event. That didn't happen out here. Right. The rap we get, you know, Philadelphia is known as the town that threw snowballs at Santa. Yeah, which we did. You know, <laughs> I was at the one game against the Cowboys. I was on the sunny side, unfortunately. 1988. And I was there with Holly Cappuccino from Belmar. We were watching the game. I unfortunately was on the side with no snow, but nonetheless, man, it happened. But that's what we're known as. But yet, you guys were out there, and with the exception of a couple tools that were out there fishing, you guys had the whole river to yourselves. That was nice. You know, what, where else does really that happen? Nice. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this year. In states that are considered bass fishing states, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, yeah. where there's a million dudes out there fishing, right? No respect the stuff on a on a week that they know yeah. the events at. So you're right. Yeah, get off the, the guys, water and go fish somewhere else. The you know? guys were super courteous. Yeah, in this area, and thank you guys for doing that. And that as, awesome. as for like, if I was an elite angler, this is the event that I want. This is one where if I'm hungry and I need those points, this yeah. is the one where I can get it. Yeah, you know, like I, I would, I would want this on the, I would want this on the card every single year. Yeah, you know, some of these guys, if they would have come up and put the time in beforehand, they would have had a little bit more body of work to go off of, yeah. and they would have done so much better. Yeah, like I mean, this, the, the, I was just, I was so impressed with number one, boy, Duckett's day one bag was just outrageous. That's amazing. That, That's amazing. A summertime bag, almost, almost 17, 17 pounds. pounds. Yeah, unheard of. Unheard. Like, unheard of. We've all, we've all done that playing around in practice, and I. I would, I would make that akin to a 30-pound bag on Okeechobee during Absolutely. the tournament. You know, Florida anglers will go down there, and they'll get their 30 pounds playing around, yep. but it never happens in a tournament. What Boyd Duckett did is, is, is legendary on the river already. Legendary. Legendary. You know? legendary. And by the way, Chris, your prediction with the Rancocas Creek did play out. Yeah. Three of the guys in the top 12 in Rancocas Creek. Yep. Good prediction. Yeah, I, I, what really impressed me most about those guys, they said they caught most of their fish on high water. Wow. Back there. Yeah. Like Bill Lowen said, he didn't have his bites back there till high water, incoming How water. That? How about that? And most of those guys were flipping. Yeah. But I, I would have probably threw a chatterbait or crankbait, you know, those key lily pad and little eddy spots yep. a lot better, but... You know, but they did really well. Yeah, absolutely. They had good events back there. It was a key player in the yeah. tournament, for sure. As was Darby Creek. Boy, Duckett, Darby Creek was a player. Just day one, now. Day one. Uh, one one guy in the top 12 out of Raccoon, Scott Rook. One guy out of Oldman's, Kevin Short, right? Yep. What else we got? Brian DeCarpenter, what am I missing? Chris Lane. Chris Lane, Trenton. 
One guy from the top. Timber Creek, too, right? Yeah, Timber Creek. Yeah, yeah, Christy, yeah, Jason down, Christy, right? Timber Creek. How about Marizo? Marizo. Where he fished. Petty Island. Not even Petty Island. That's more Pensalkin Cove. That is attached to Pensalkin yes. Cove, man. Yeah. That was a shock. But he didn't catch him. He didn't, he only caught him two days there. You, yeah. you know what I thought was interesting was uh, both Bill Lowen and I think Scott Rooks said they. Uh, I know Bill Lowen for sure. He caught every single one of his fish off the exact same stumps, laydowns, hard pieces of cover during the tournament that he did in pre-practice a month earlier. He said he wow. went right back to him. He 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 went down him, caught him in the exact same spot, and then. He said it was exactly what he did in pre-practice. He just did it four days wow. in a row in the tournament. He said it was the most productive pre-practice he's ever had. That's amazing. Speaking of Bill Lowen, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, for, for the fans watching, every time Bill Lowen comes up on stage to weigh in, his wife uh, no lets out an amazing <laughs> shriek. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, do you want to try to imitate that shriek? No, just no. Do we have a sound That's effect a, to imitate a, a, a lady screaming? Let's go, Brian the Carpenter. We got we got to have a sound effect here. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that, dude? <laughs> Come on the back. Come on the back. I'm sorry, I hit. I might hit the wrong button there. Uh, oh man. That, I mean, I was just thrown. Uh, Jared Littner uh, was out at B3 and just threw me this thing. What is this? This paychecks? It's a little precursor of what's going to happen next week. Oh. Uh, so early prediction, folks at home. Jared just looked in here and said, Cayuga Lake next week. Look for this bait to be a player. We're talking about a frog. Little arms, strange looking arms here. I don't know what that is. Kind of these little buggy eyes. Could be a player. Crash can. Could be. Trash can. Yeah. Trash can bait. Oh, crash can. Trash can. There it goes. There Throw it back here, Mike. Here, back. Throw that back to Ryan. You know, what do you, you, yeah. think of, you think Frog could be a player? As we call you? Three quarter ounce jig. Oh, we're keeping it. You threw it in here. Oh, we're that's keeping. it. You already won one. I got to win it. We're gone, man. <laughs> you can't leave anything with these guys. The black hole. They're brutal back here, man. Look at you this. Won a tournament. He's not leaving without it. Look at him. <laughs> oh, there it goes. All right, look, we're seeing a shot of it. There it goes, folks. We're giving away secrets. He's big, bro. He's about a weight class above you, dude. You better cough it up. <laughs> I'm just giving you a chance to see uh, what Cayuga right. happened. I got some. I don't have that bait, but I do have some black frogs. I, I might have to tie one on. It's not a frog. It's not a frog. What is that thing? It's a porpoise. It's a uh, Ish's uh, circumcision. <laughs> That's Ish's new circumcision frog. <laughs> called, <laughs> called Dumb Man. <laughs> called wow. Dag. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like it. See, there's some secrets to be learned here tonight. If you just really pay attention, you look through all the bull crap that we're talking about, you can find some real key pieces of info, and that was one of them. So, Mike, did you talk about, uh, obviously you probably did, like, the 20-year-old knowledge that you used for the tournament, all the fresh things you had found leading up to this, was that discussed? Yeah, it is interesting. We, we, we talked uh, a little bit about it, but uh, I li- would like to dive, dive a little more into it, you know? And, and uh, I think it's always a battle using your history in the right ways. That's always, you're always kind of walking the line. It's our biggest curse, though, too. It's your biggest curse. It's a gift and it's a curse because, you know, we've been out there literally since... 
the early 90s in the Ranger 374. (laughs) We didn't know what the heck we were doing. You know, 17 years ago. I was fishing Cooper with Stockel and the Crawl Dad in the title side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to now, and you've got all that history, but you've got to plug it in, you know. And uh, I think the biggest thing this week was just the water, the tides, and the timing, you know. Picking the right pieces at the right tide. That was, looking back at it, that was the biggest thing. You know, when to be in the creeks, when to be on hardcover, when to be at those drains, when to be at that barge at Timber Creek. You know, all those things were key, multiple key events. What amazed yeah. me was your patience and your instinct. Day three in Woodbury, when you you doubled back. Yeah. And I'm saying to Brian, like, oh my God, he has to leave right now. Like this, yeah. this is just dead. And that's what I thought. My mind. And then you smacked that whale, dude. I mean, that was just amazing. Dude. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. It's funny how things happen like that. You know, it's uh, I've won before, and it's it's a weird thing to talk about it, but. When things start happening, it's almost like they're happening on their own. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. It's like man. weird. You can kind of like step outside your body and just you're making decisions and choices that you almost wouldn't normally make. You know? It's a strange, strange feeling. Brian DeCarpenter, what do we got back there? Matt? Oh, we, we got an interesting question. Jason uh, wants to know, he said, speaking of, uh, speaking of Rapala, what was the reason or reasons... Crankbaits weren't more of a player in this tourney. And then he congratulates you on the W. Awesome. Yeah, th- thank you for the congrats. Um, it's interesting because we've got Dan here, too. It's a great time to talk about it. Um, <laughs> crankbaits weren't a player, and I think the biggest thing was how they were feeding this week. And let me start by telling you that crankbaits were for sure a player in me finding these fish and finding areas. Uh, In pre-practice a month ago, even in practice leading up to it, I've caught a lot of fish on a Rapala DT Thug. And uh, DT Thug's a cool bait, Dan. It's it's a little different than the regular DT series, right? It's got a different 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 design. That bill angle, though, that you said was so important. Yep. That action. Yep. An angled bill, that downward bill. Uh, By the way, I used it in a color called Old School, which is one of my custom colors. But, you know, the way I utilized the crankbait in practice was to, to find areas. That river so silted in. There's so much mud and, 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 and muck that finding little hard bottom spots were real key. The crankbait helped me do that. But, you know, the reality of it is is the fish were feeding on the bottom. You, you see that happen a lot of times where sometimes they feed in the middle of the water column. Sometimes they feed up. The poppers are amazing. This week, they wanted it on the bottom. Almost every bite I got was the fish that hit it on the bottom. And that's why you saw jigs and creature baits be such an important player this week. Delaware River, big moon, bluebird skies, you're not going to get them on a crankbait. Yeah, the the weather too really played out to where it wasn't as much of that kind of bite as it was soaking it, you know, and and really letting it sit. So that was a great question. Awesome question. Awesome question. I did, did I just see a really strange head pop in the, the door there? Who was that? <laughs> Who was that, Brian? I don't know. I'm afraid we'll find out soon enough. Okay. <laughs> that was interesting. That was interesting. Uh, and also, too, Mike, uh, multiple casts, I noticed, when you were fishing two, three, four, five pitches on one spot. Yeah. Su- super important. Yeah. That was a super important component, I think, was multiple presentations. Saturating the area. Especially when you you, you believe there was a fish yeah. there. Super important. Super important. Right, Beck? Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Speaking of that, I want to I want to recall something with you, Dave, real quick. <clears throat> My biggest five fish to date. I don't know if you remember this. My biggest five fish to date on the Delaware River ever happened a day of fishing with Dave. Ironically, in Woodbury Creek, yeah. which ended up being a big player for me. Yeah, Do you remember man. that freaking day we had out there? That day was outstanding. And that was when eight and nine pounds was, were winning tournaments. We're talking we 12, like, 13 years ago. No, Mike, you're talking 1994. You're talking 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. We had probably 18 pounds. 18 pounds is what we had. Over uh, A little over 18 pounds is what we had for I a I mean, that was amazing. And that was unheard of back then. Unheard of, dude. And, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I remember catching them off of wood, and then we got to that drain that shot the water out, <laughs> and it was just yeah. big one after big one. Hey, when you hear something else, that day I was throwing a rattleback jig out there, and I still am to this day. Rattleback? Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> wow. Triple rattleback? You don't no, old no, school? no. Gold single. Regular. Single. <laughs> single Big giant profile, man. Okay. Okay. Butter knife hooks on them things. Butter knife hooks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, real, real quick, too, while we have Crazy Chris on the couch, want to let you know that... Uh, Chris is the originator and the creator of Gorilla Back Jigs. Mm. Gorilla Back Jigs. Dan, remember the VMC boxer jig heads that we got sent? We, got, we sent them to Chris, and he tied up those air jigs for me for oh, Chickamauga. That. That's Chris. Oh, okay. Gorilla Back Air Jigs. It's awesome, man. It's Gorilla Back. Is that, did you actually use the hair from your back to tie those jigs? <laughs> no, nah, nah, I ran out. <laughs> it's it's like They're like three-inch oh, leg hairs, dude. What the hell? <laughs> Look at that, dude! Hey, Brian, let's get a. We need a shot of that. Let's get it. Let, let's see the. Hold that leg up again, there, Chris. Look at that. Ah! Oh my God! <laughs> dude, <It's> crazy. <laughs> uh, if you need, if you need hair jigs tied with human hair or pubic hair, call Chris. <laughs> He'll tie you up some of them gorilla backs with his pubes. <laughs> oh, and that's nasty. Man. Can you imagine dude. that? No. That no. might work though. That little little uh, moping deal. Yeah. Ron Jeremy finesse jigs. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, uh, I heard uh, heard Ron Jeremy's fishing the tour next year. <laughs> Him and Byron are gonna be paired together. Yeah, uh, paparazzi issues, man. Yeah, he had a shirt off during the tournament. <laughs> Byron did. Yeah. Do you have grill chest or was it shame? I don't know. I don't know. It's silk, smooth as silk. <laughs> Chris, better hit him all the HGH he's taking, man. Yeah, Chris spent like a gallon of gas, man, trying to find that dude. He's yeah. like, come on, man, let's go look for him. <laughs> man, a lot. Camped out of Riverton. That was it. Yeah, he was actually in a, a unique spot. And he camped. He was one of the guys that took the stance that he was going to stay and fish throughout the tides rather than move around. Later in the day, he moved on there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Little 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 pilings going on that point there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. What do we got going on back there, guys? Besides my voice breaking up. I think we we should ask Dan where our tiger is. Where's our tiger? Yeah, Dan, you promised us a tiger. <laughs> on a gold chain. On a gold chain. The zoo wouldn't let us get him out. Oh man, that's not good. <laughs> no, Guck and I tried, but Okay. We have a very special caller on the line. We do. Yes. It okay. is time. All right. Fat cat's corner. It's time! Well, we need a drum roll. Applause, something. Here it goes. It's exactly 10.15. And our normal feature, most exciting feature of Ike Live show, Fat Cat's Corner. Fat Cat! Fat Cat. Are you there, Fat Cat? Fat Cat? Hello? 
Did you oh, lie to me? Dang. <laughs> he lied to me. <laughs> While we're waiting for Fat Cat to get back on, I have a business idea for you, man. Okay. You need to finance like a team of guys and provide crowd control for the top 12 guys going around. Ooh, ooh. So if you're on a place like you Gunnersville, mean muscle. 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 Bob Brennan, Mike Maloney, both New Jersey Federation guys, did a really good job this tournament laying down the law on some dudes getting too close to other guys. That's That's right. It wasn't big just red. you, it was other guys. Right. You as a pro, would you pay for some muscle out there to back people up? Wow. This is an interesting concept. Absolutely. I would. Yeah, for sure. But where does that, where do you cross the line here? Are we just talking about... Physical presence is about all you're going to do. We're just talking about crowd control, right? We're not Backing talking about breaking up. any legs. No, and threats. Threats. Yeah. Making sure people have manners. Heavy threats. Staying back. Using an air horn. The Gloucester Strangler. Chris's dad <laughs> had the designation as the Gloucester Strangler when he was a young man running around Gloucester. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we learned that the other day, dude. We left for about an hour. Wow. <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> why, why did research that? He knocked the people out. <laughs> Got the old crime reports for the suspect. Wow. We're going to have to research that, man. Some heavy research. Uh, 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 I think we got Fat Cat We have here. Fat Cat. Fat Cat Noon. Fat Cat's Corner. Are you there? Hi, what's up, baby? How you doing? What's up, Hugh? Back at noon, everyone. This is back at noon. How are you tonight, man? How are you? Awesome. Congratulations. Hey, look, man. Uh, I don't know what y'all got going on back there behind the glass in the studio with the uh, audio and everything, but Brian the Carpenter, is he typing the keys with a hammer? I mean, what's going on, dude? (laughs) (laughs) He's using a hammer, a a screwdriver, a drill. I can't tell. It's crazy. It's almost like uh, what's going on behind the glass is like... Like, me going through a McDonald's drive-thru at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday night, I order a little midnight snack, two Big Macs, a 20-piece nugget, I get a Fugio sandwich, and French fries so old, it looks like deep-fried night crawlers. <laughs> That's who you have working the audio. It's horrible what's going on. But no, man, congratulations on the win. It's awesome seeing you do it. Uh, Thank you, Fat Cat. Thank you. I heard the uh, the final day weigh and how it was crazy. I heard it smelled like uh, Dracar cologne, hair gel. And car. That's just what I heard, dude. But uh, <laughs> something my pops always told me about Jersey, man. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but something my dad always said about Jersey was uh, the only thing good to ever come out of Jersey was an empty bus. But uh, I guess Pops never had a chance. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, Pops, Pops never heard about Iconelli, man. But no, it was uh, it was cool to see and all that, man. To see everybody loving on you like that, it's uh. Definitely a special thing. It was amazing, Fat Cat. I mean, it was, you know, I know you've seen the video, you've seen some pictures, but the energy there was crazy, dude. It was uh, just really next level stuff going on. Just unbelievable dude. environment. Unbelievable. And that river, man, you know, we are, uh, like where I'm at, we fish the Potomac, and the Potomac is uh, kind of on the downhill slide right now. It'll pick back up. But uh, the Delaware River, I noticed a few things different. Like, you know, here in the river, we might fish submerged brush piles and stuff like that. 
from the the video I saw on the Delaware River, you guys uh, fished submerged 87 Buicks. I saw cars that were sunk in the river y'all were fishing. What is all that about? Uh, yeah, man, <laughs> you know, that's that's what we call Delaware River cover. You know, we've got... That, that's hot. Yeah, instead of sinking Christmas trees, y'all sink like pintos. We do. Pintos, <laughs> shopping carts, and Jimmy Hoffa. It takes about 10 years. You know, bless your heart, cover, though. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Hey, uh... As far as co-angle and stuff like that goes, man, do you have any stories about back in the day, say like when it was the, uh, not the Elite Series, but the, the 100 or whatever it was, and you had to have co-angles on the back of the boat? Like, say we got the Forest Wood Cup coming up with that FLW, they're going to have co-anglers. How would you feel if they started doing that again for the biggest tournament of the year, which is the all would be the Bassmaster Classic? What? Hey guys, we're going to start doing that again. What would you say? Uh, you know, I, I honestly, Fat Cat, uh, seriously, I believe co-anglers should be in the sport. I, I think they're a, a necessary part of the sport at the, the middle level, Journey. the open level, you know, for sure. At the very top level, um, the elites, the FLW tour. I don't think they should. I, th- I think it changes the game. So uh, th- that's what. That's I'm a lot thinking. of money. It's a lot of money at stake, and I understand. I had a bad experience. I was fishing as a co-angler in a Rayovac series, man, and uh, I brought my lunch. You know, I just nothing major. I brought a dozen and a half crabs, and uh, <laughs> I decided it was lunchtime. I decided to start eating them, and I asked the guy if he had vinegar, and he said, "No, I don't have any vinegar." He's you know hot on that. He said, "What the hell do you need vinegar for?" I just started cracking the crabs, and you know he got pissed off and took me. Back to the land and, and uh, I just I just had a bad taste in my mouth about fishing as a co-angler ever since. That ain't my cool, feelings. <laughs> you should let you crabs. <laughs> I know. Bless, bless his heart. You know, he just didn't know any better. They Man. sell they sell a lotion and a little brush to take care of that stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah, but see, the problem is my, I don't live with my mom anymore, so I don't have her to put it off on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, all right, say, uh, out of all, everybody in the Elite Series, because we all know that the zombie apocalypse is coming. We know, I mean, it's simple logic. It's right around the corner. Out of all the guys you fish with, whose house would you go to? Who would you feel the safest with? When the apocalypse comes, you taking you and your family. Where are you going to go? What's the lead angle? Question. I I would probably uh, I would go to Boyd Duckett's house because he just built a freaking giant mansion with bunkers on Lake Gunnersville. and I'm hey, sure he's a, he's, a, he's a prepper, so he's probably got a million dollars of food in the house. I don't want to. Yeah, I was going to go somewhere. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I heard that. Yeah, we're not going to go with Boyd. Duckett. Yeah, bless his heart. Bless his heart, man. Oh, Boyd Duckett. What's that? Whose house would you go to? I would probably go to your house because I like getting drunk. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> We'd have enough beer and wine for about 10 years. Uh, dude, no doubt. But no, but you were talking about the kids when the kids call in life. That's awesome, man. I'm all about we need to raise these kids on the water with a fishing pole, not in a house on a game of console. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Get them off the iPads, put them on them lily pads, man. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. Do we have uh, fat, fat cat? Do we have any 1987 references tonight? Any anything good happened in 1987? Oh man, well I was I was I didn't want to bring it up. But I got my boat in the shop. Uh, <laughs> I can take my boat in the shop. It should be out here in the next two, three, eight months, something like that. But I've got I'm on everything old, man. I, I'm a I'm a business kind of guy. I've got an 87 Mariner on there. Ooh, and I've been having trouble. Yeah, I've been having trouble with the fluff capacitor, so I'm getting that rebuilt right now. And uh, 
soon as we get that thing straight, we'll be good to go. Cool. But you need to do me a favor, man. Tell old boy behind the glass to twink. The uh, the guy back, Dirk Stigler, the, the pretty boy. Oh, you're mad. Who, who, yeah, whoever's running the cameras up front. Who's on the couch? Crazy Chris? We got Crazy Chris? Listen, let's not put the camera towards him anymore because he's got some Tommy Bibble shorts on. Oh! I can see oh. what he ate. I can see what he ate for. I can see what he ate for lunch. Wow. And it looks like Vienna. It looks like Vienna sausages. Oh, oh. Brian the carpenter, man. man. That is, that's not me. We're gonna have okay. to. Uh, we're gonna have to change the uh, that camera angle. We're gonna have to call it the moose knuckle yeah. couch. Now. Yeah, yeah, dude. Bless his yeah, heart, man. Bless his heart. Man. Well, look, man. I'm not gonna talk to you on the best. I know you guys probably got some more hammers coming on or whatnot, man. But tell everybody to catch me at Stack Cat Newton on Facebook. Back at that now, back at Newton on YouTube. Uh, I've been up for three days. I had a huge tournament at Watts Bar Lake in Tennessee. You ever heard of that place, Watts Bar Lake in Tennessee? Watts Bar, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, after fishing it this week, I'm gonna start a petition to get them to pull the plug in the dam and drain it, fill up with gas, and set the sumbits on fire. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that place is gonna count. I know it's done good in the past, but uh. I don't know, man. I know Heartland Anglers is a big trail down south. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but them boys, like I say, got a lot of lot of local guys. Them guys work 50, 60 hours a week, come and fish on the weekends. But uh, they've got a big tournament coming up in the uh, in September on Chickamauga. Hey, last year this tournament had 380 boats, and they wow. all have to idle about an hour out before they fish. Well, that drives you nuts idling an hour before you can fish? Wow. That's, that sounds excessive. Baby, everybody! Somebody just drove by. Uh, <laughs> look, dude, I'm running dry. I don't know what to tell you, man. You know, I think you can that to this and let me do all the talking and interact with something, but apparently I'm, I'm running the show. You know, I didn't prepare to run your show tonight, so. <laughs> It's about to get crazy, but I want to I want to run through uh, a couple of the instant feedback questions real quick. Okay, what do we got, man? Uh, Jim, not a big soft plastics guy, wants to fish hard baits, top three hard baits for fisheries in the Philadelphia area. Ooh, good question. Jim, great question. Top three hard baits. Uh, I'm going to have to start out with what we just talked about a second ago. For sure, I'd say number one would be a crankbait. Um, if I got to pick one, I'm going to go with a DT6, man. One of the most versatile baits. You know, we, we deal with a lot of shallow water fishing around here. It's a kind of bait you can throw from cold water to warm water. Uh, DT6 and something with a chartreuse pattern. Uh, Caribbean Shad is probably my favorite. Chartreuse Blueback. Uh, number two is a topwater. We got we got a topwater guy over here on the couch. Uh, Crazy Chris loves to throw a topwater. A popper, you know, is, is my favorite. Something like an X-pop. Perch colored X pop, phenomenal, phenomenal bait, especially this time of the year yeah. when it gets hot. Yep. You know, they're eating up, eating on top. And then the last one is a jerk bait. If you do any cold water fishing, I'm talking late fall, I'm talking winter and early spring, before that water gets out of the 50s, jerk bait fishing, man. Old standby, husky jerk. 
How many God? How many years have we fished a husky jerk since the top rod days? Years, yeah. yeah. I mean, forever, forever. Give me a chrome blue back orange belly husky jerk, That's right. and I'm happy. They're they're my top three hard baits for this area. What about, Wouldn't you agree? What about the jig? Jig's a good one. Jig's not technically a hard bait though. Okay. Is it? I would have deemed it hard. Is that called a semi? That's a semi-hard. <laughs> Quasi. <laughs> Matt, you're messed up, man. He knows the, the weight of a double D breast, and now he knows about semis. <laughs> you didn't know that? So we got to add, we're, I think we're going to bring in a, an international flair. Okay. A well-wisher. Okay. But who, who's friends with someone else who's been peeking his head in. Okay. And... It's looking like this thing might go dead. It might be a tie. Bobby Clark hit the post. Oh, Bobby Clark. Yeah, empty netter. Flyers tickled the twine, top shelf, tied right. it up. So who knows how long it's going to go tonight. Okay. I'm just throwing that out there. All right. But uh, what's, the net, what's the game plan here? Are we going to do a real quick transition break? Uh, Dan Quinn wants to sing a song for us. Oh, wait a minute. What just happened? What are you talking about? What do we got? Oh! Wait, listen. Be quiet. You hear it? You hear that? I don't know. I sang a lot last night. Yes, you did. Oh. Yes, you did. Where it began. <laughs> I think that's enough. Come on, dude. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we at now? I'm totally. I think. You know, you. I need. I need a few more. I <laughs> that was good though. I liked it. We're gonna like, come back. Though. I'm I not real good with the words. Everybody, hang in there. We're gonna be right back. We're gonna do a little transition. Dan Quinn from Brapola, Crazy Chris, Dave Brothers, aka Fat Head in the house. Thank you. We'll be back in five minutes. Thank five. Hold on.
folks at home, folks at home, folks at home, uh, losing my voice by the second. We're back. Thanks for hanging out. Ike Live. Is this period three or period four? Where the hell are we at now? This is like the never-ending show. Uh, still the third period. Still the third period. Okay. We're back. We did a little rearranging here. We got some new guests. I want to go uh, guest by guest, and I'm going to let the guests introduce themselves this time. And I'm going to start to my right. Very special guests. Some of you may know him. Some of you may not know him. Introduce yourself, young man. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, dog? Huh? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, dog? I can't hear nothing. Can I take these off? Yo, yo. Yo, what's going on? Where I'm looking at? Yo, look right there where it says look here. Yo, what's going on? This your boy, Always Testy. Philly representing right here. But right here I'm at. I'm locked up right now, and I'm with my man, Ruben. That's my boy right there, Rube. Ruben on the cast of couch. And that dude I just met, I forget, what is it? Mike. Mike. We was talking about, no, you know, talking about things here and there, you know what I mean? Mike, a.k.a. Hair Jakes. A.k.a. A.k.a. Tackle Mods. A.k.a. Tackle Mods. That's right. House. A.k.a. Tackle Tool. Uh, go to his website. What's your website, dog? TackleMods.com with Go to Z. it. You know what I mean? Subscribe to the shit. Whatever you want to do. It's the deal. That's the deal. It's the deal. T- Testy, let's talk about Delaware River. You were there. You were a Philly fan. You were in the crowd. Yeah, I was chilling. You know what, what did mean? you think about this Delaware River event? What did you think about the bass tournament? The well, it wasn't that good. You know what I mean? They right. did what they could. Right. The one dude won. You know what I mean? Caught a bunch of fish. They had a good time. All the kids showed up. The kids was loving it. Um, dude took first place. You know what can I say? Congrats. Hats off to him. You know what I mean? What? what uh, yeah. That's me, man. Right there. There it Yeah, goes. that's the trophy they gave him to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to what? They put it on the show. Representing the dude. On the trophy. That's it, man. But my man will tell you more about it. I, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but in the Courier Post, it was a Courier Inquirer today. They had a big article about the dude that won, which is me, caught striped bass. That's what it said. you got to be kidding me. They, they printed it in the paper, <laughs> national paper in Philadelphia, quoted it twice as being a striped bass tournament. And I won catching striped bass. Did they think we were fishing in the bay? Well, I don't know. What do you think about the striped bass? My man, y'all got any beer? Absolutely, we got beer. Can I get one? Okay, Rebecca. Because you got a beer and she got a beer. Let's get a beer. Then we chilling, yeah. So you liked the bass tournament? You thought it was a good event? Yeah, it was good. You know, I was rooting for the dude from Philly. You know what I mean? I can't remember the damn. But, um, you know what I mean? Everybody was there. My man, yo, dog, what was his name? Um, he told me whose show it was. What was his name? His name was. Never mind. Yeah, I, I don't really remember either. Yeah, it was a good Pete time. Pete Gluzvik? Pete Gluzvik. Pete Gluzvik. Yes. Are you sure it wasn't Gefiltovich? It might have been. I have so, no idea. Pete something. I think his name was Ica. Ica something. Ica Velli. Ica Velli. That's it. Uh, Kyle Ica Velli. Kyle Ica Velli won a. Uh, one sure, tournament for striped bass. I know we had a, a green bass tournament actually on the river, and this guy named yeah, Mike Iaconelli won. Hell, right in my ear. I got <laughs> oh, I can't hear nothing. Huh? Did you hear that? We what? had a phone call. What was that noise? I believe that was a phone call, sir. No, thank you. I believe we have a special caller on the line. We do have a special caller. 
Is he on now? Yes, I believe we have Mark Jeffries from the Bass Zone. Yep. Mark Jeffries, yeah. are you on the phone? Hi, right. how you doing, Mark? Yeah, yo. Mark Jeffries, everybody, <laughs> Bass Zone, Bass Zone. How, how are on, Mike? How you doing, Mike? Hey, Mark. Dude, I'm I'm vicariously living what you're going through the last two days here in Oklahoma. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. Is he talking to me or the other guy? Both. He's talking to both of us. Well, I have no I, I have no idea what the hell the guy to your right has been doing over the last four days. So I can't answer that question. Well, I was chilling. <laughs> I was chilling. <laughs> he was Mike. I was working. Absolutely amazing. Uh, just uh, a, a great week for you. And when I, when I was talking to, to Becky, I, I thought, how cool would it have been, even though it was as cool as just about it can get, how cool if you would have won at Champlain? That would have been amazing. Amazing, dude! Come on, Jeffries, don't rain on the parade. The guy just wins a tournament, well, and you bring up the third place heartbreak. That's all right, Mark. That's all right, Mark, because we've got Cayuga next week, and I plan on winning back-to-back elites, so it's all good. It's never been done. I think there's a lot of people, at least from this area, that think it could be done. This might be the one. Yeah. Could happen. Yeah. Are, are, are you taking good care of the Nature Boy? The Nature Boy's doing a good job. I think uh, we, early in the show, Mark, we said that he was a former male model, and we've already had like <laughs> 10 calls from single women wanting to date him. So That's it? That's it. Only 10? That's it. Yep. That's it. Hey, man, all I got to do is send me an email okay. at marketbassone.com. I'll let him know what hotel he's staying at. I only double date with Ed, though. Only with that. Only double date. With double that. date. Okay. That I'd like to see that. That'd be interesting. That would be good entertainment right there. It would be. What else is going on with you, Mark? What's hot? What's happening? It's uh, you know, I'm 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 just uh, working on about twenty thousand different projects. You know how proud I am of you, and especially. The Carpenter pulling this thing off. What is this, show number seven? Show number seven, absolutely. I'm proud, I'm proud of Brian, too. Brian's the, Brian the Carpenter's Good job, Brian. Good job. It's very impressive. And uh, uh, got to give it up to you, too, man. I, I, I am amazed that you are hanging in there after everything that you've been through the last two weeks. And you're going in hour number three, about to wrap up hour number three of your show. And, and uh, the question I have is, on the previous shows, there's always been what I refer to as the after show. Is the after show going to take place this week on uh, iCloud? It may. It may. Uh, that's, that's a big question. You know, I think uh, what happens out here at the bar in the next uh, hour to two hours will determine whether we make a reappearance tonight. So we'll have to leave everyone in suspense about what's going to happen tonight. All right. The other thing, I will mention this real quick about the guy to your right. And hopefully he does know this. I'm a huge Opie and Anthony fan on XM Serious Radio. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Anthony got it? fired, and now it's only Opie. But prior to him being fired here over the last couple of weeks, they actually did a segment that lasted about 15 minutes just about the man to your right. Wow. 
I didn't know that. Over the bass tournament? <laughs> That's what's up then. Hats off to him. <laughs> wow. Hats off to him. You know what I mean? The sport come a long way. You know what I mean? They <laughs> showed. Uh, they didn't My show, right obviously. They couldn't show because it was radio, but they played. You're going to get him. You're going to get him. A number job. of the videos that he's done and all that and My everything. Man, so. he, you know, he's doing his thing. It's going to pay off for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give him props. That's what's up, man. Your man's all right. out. Ike. Hi, Ike. Yes, sir. Ike. Ike. When we did when we did our pregame show, oh, when we Ike. did our postgame show on Bass Talk Live, one of the questions that we one. asked was, okay. "What was the strangest thing that you, you saw during the week?" The what was the strangest thing that you witnessed during this past week? Okay. Oh, I'll tell you right now, Mike doesn't have an answer. I sure as I have do. an answer. So here it goes. The last official practice day, uh, Wednesday, I was practicing in Darby Creek. And I was idling out of Darby Creek. And I saw Justin Lucas idling in on the opposite bank. And I kind of, when I passed him, he looked over. And he was brushing his teeth. And it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And he was brushing his teeth, idling in the creek. <laughs> Strangest thing I saw all week. <laughs> I'm speechless. I, he was brushing his teeth. That's not half as strange as the multitude of young... Uh, Philadelphia children that I saw swimming in the fountains. Oh. And I don't mean walking around in the fountains. I don't mean playing in the fountains. I mean literally doing the, bra- the backstroke, the breaststroke, and the freestyle swim in, the in the fountains. I like the fountains. I, I go in the fountains and cool off. Yeah, yes, Absolutely. I do. So I this, mean, is I a nor- this is a normal thing Absolutely. then? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, oh okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, so cool. what about it? Because if we tried that in New York City, we'd be swimming, but it would be in the river. Right. Now, nah, fountains are big here, man. New York City don't got shit on Philly, dog. I hate to tell you about See that? that. Two of those kids in the fountains were mine. How <laughs> do that? Just saying. Who? Would, where the hell did that voice come from? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, some back. ghost in the back there. Hey, Ike. Yes, Mark. Ike, dude, you got 10 minutes left until the after party starts, so I'm going to let you go. But once again, I just want to give Brian props. He's doing a heck of a job. That's and my dog uh, right there. Brian he's got, he's yeah, got Brian Stockwell. many... Many opportunities to step his he game up, too, but he's doing a great job. He is doing a good job. He is doing a good job. Mark, thanks for the call, man. Mark Jeffries, best right. zone, everybody. Take man. care, Mark. All right, Mark. Good to see you again. Even though I didn't awesome. see you. Awesome. I want, you to t- I want to talk a little bit, Mike. Tell everybody, you got a really cool thing going on. Tackle mods. Tell everybody about it a little bit. Tell tell them what you got going on with that. Uh, we're we're a startup. We're a media blog. We're we know we we handle all the other things that everybody else does, but our real focus is uh on handling all the stuff that nobody talks about. Tackle modification. We like that. We tips. Like that. Yeah. Uh, learning just like Bass University. I mean, we're we're all about never stop learning and yeah. and do what works for you. Yeah. Our attempt is to uh basically. Let's say retrain the fisherman to uh, use everything that he has More in his skills. arsenal. Yeah, use all your skills to your advantage. Well, Don't try your, using everybody else's stuff. Say, use all your tactics. Exactly, tactics. exactly. Yeah. Use what you have and what works best for you. Do things, make changes. Look, you buy you buy a lure from the store. The, the truth of the matter is, and the companies aren't going to tell you this, but they're made for everybody to get the most use out of. But that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get the best use out and of it. That's how they make their money. You know exactly. I mean? So if you can take a little time so and make a couple little changes and, and give yourself a little, uh, 
uh, a little advantage, why not do so? Absolutely. And where can they find where can they find you at? Where uh, can they find us? They can at? find us on Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Uh, we're we are at Tackle Mods T A C K L E M O D Z. Um, same thing on Facebook, or you can go to www.tacklemods.com, and that'll actually take you straight to Facebook. And, um, yeah, connect with us, follow us, and um, we run one of the largest, if not the largest, single Follow Friday program on Twitter. Um, We're pumping out close to 800 a week. Nice. Um, And I don't know if people knew this, but you're a big hair jig fan. I am a a serious hair jig fan. the guy that was on the casting couch right before you, Crazy Chris, ties his own hair jigs, and he uses his own pubic hair. No way for the, for the hair jig. I thought I, <laughs> I yeah. thought you were the only one doing that. Nope, that's he actually started that. Oh, game. that's Gorilla, right. You're Gorilla back. You're actually using the uh, goatee hair now. I use the beard hair, but he's yeah. using his actual. See, I, I like the hair from the side of the beard because it's slightly longer. It's a little softer. Right. You gotta. You have to like put too much shampoo in this to make this good for a right. hair jig. Shampoo. It's not. It's not conducive to tying a jig with. It's true. It's true. Joe Sancho. Now, if Joe Sancho were to cut off his beard, he could tie a couple hundred thousand hair jigs he off could. of that. He could. I mean, he could have hair jigs for the rest of his life. He could. Rebecca, how we doing? Everything going good up back there, Brian the Carpenter? What else we need? We got nine minutes to get 12 dudes through here. Cool. All, all right. right. Well, then I'm awesome. Out. Yeah, that's all you had to say. <laughs> the You're hell? Staying. Oh, and Mike, we have a uh, phone call on the line. Oh, caller, who we got? Who we got on the phone? Caller, you're live, bud. Caller, how you doing? Where you? Where's your name? Where you call from, man? Hello. Yeah, this is Billy from Lake Tahoe. Hey, man, how you doing tonight? Pretty good, how yourself? Oh, we're good, man. What's your What's your question? Turn them off. Yo, bud, you're on. Bill, you with us? Bill, what's your question, man? No, Bill, go back to sleep. (laughs) We just shot Bill down. Uh, All right, so at this juncture, I think what we're going to do is let's uh, fine, let's fill the studio up here. Fill the studio up. We're going to do something really neat. We've we've kind of had this, uh, this 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 deviation here, people. We're going to let everybody in, and we're going to we're going to kind of uh, we're going to see what happens here. Oh, we get a little hair, a little music. This is uh, this is funky. Wow. Is this uh, who is this? Oh, I don't know, but it makes you want to get up and dance. I'll tell you that much. This is old school. Yeah. Where'd you find that at? Nick on the line. Monday Nick, it's your show. Hey, Nick. Hey. Nick, how you doing tonight, man? Where are you calling from? What's your question? I am calling from Warminster, Pennsylvania. Yes, and uh, I want to just congratulate you on your win, man. I was there all four days, and it's been absolute. It was insane. 
Thank, thank you, Nick. Um, it was crazy. I mean, it was off the, 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 the crowd, it was just absolutely out. I mean, I, I was actually, I came down to a Bassmaster Elite event a couple years back on the, on the flats and, uh, and nowhere near the, I mean, it's, I'm still excited over, you know what I mean? It, it was awesome. It was such a good yeah. feeling, man. The energy there, the people pumped up, people pumped up about the sport, about fishing in Delaware. It was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, from a, from a spectator perspective, I mean, when you guys were still out in the water, just the amount of people, it was just, I, I, mean, I, I can't stress enough how crazy it was. It was just nuts, man. It was awesome. And to have it on the Delaware is even better. And you winning, you know, put icing on the cake, too. So. It was unbelievable, man. It, it was uh, yeah. very, very much a storybook, storybook week, you know. Yeah, never forget, yeah, for sure. Never forget it, for sure. Uh, how do you yeah, I, I also wanted to, th- I also wanted to thank you for, you know, for what you were doing for the sport and, you know, how you treated all your fans. Um, it was just, it was awesome. I mean, you know, just, the, you know, your personality, you know, greeting everybody. I mean, there was, there was 12 year old young kids, you know, getting their pictures taken with you and a couple of them were coming up and just crying because I guess how excited they were. It was nuts. Hey, Nick, it was awesome, man. It Nick was awesome. is, yeah. I, I tell you, I've been to a lot of events, but it's, it's been a long time since I've seen that kind of emotion from people. So yeah. It, it, must awesome. been, it, awesome. it must have been awesome for you, too. Also, I, I have a question for you. So, and this is something I've been wanting to ask you for a yep. long time. You know, on the Delaware, it is a tough fishery, no doubt. I mean, 90% of these guys that were out there had no idea what to do, what they're doing. And, it, you know, it's a mentality thing. And, and this is including myself, because there's times where I'm out in the water and nothing's happening for me, and I'm throwing everything. I'm changing spots, I'm fishing deep, I'm fishing shallow, and nothing's working. And then, you know, that mentality thing sets in, and you're like, nothing's working. How, what do you do, or what can you tell me to, you know, get me out of a funk to just keep going? I know, you're, you know, your motto never give up and you know, I'm trying to follow that but it's sometimes it's, it's insane you know it's crazy yeah I mean it's a tough thing man when they're when you're not getting bites you're not getting information that's one of the toughest things in fishing you know the only thing I can tell you is, is keep changing you know uh, one of the things I look back on the river last week is I never got hung up doing one thing if uh, you know if, if I had a, a, a place where I knew they were at and they weren't biting instead of camping out I just kept moving kept changing baits and that's that's always what you try to do so even unproductive fishing leads you to something else which is another spot or a new area so you just got to keep moving and and don't rule anything out you know i try to go from shallow to deep deep to shallow and hit everything in between and uh and, and let the fish talk to you that's the biggest piece of advice i can give you when things i appreciate tough. that yeah you know what uh i hope i heard that the Bassmaster elites are coming to the Chesapeake next year. They are. Yeah, that's true. Wouldn't it be cool? I'll be there, man. I'm telling you, I'll be there. I mean, I, it was an absolutely awesome event. Wouldn't it be cool if all the people from Philadelphia came down to the Chesapeake and 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 participate in that? You know what? I think they're going to do it. I think they'll do it too. Absolutely, you promote it, man, for sure. I mean, I mean, everybody just the, the amazing, the, the positivity out of it. Actually, the uh, the state DNR, Pennsylvania Fish and Game, were down there too, and you know, I walked right up to them, and I the first thing I said to them was, 
what do you guys think about this event? What do you think about this turnout? And, and the, he told me, he said, and he's like, ah, we're trying to find out who's here for the event or who's here just for Penn's Landing. I, I turned around, I looked up on stage, I said, what do you think? And they're like, they were absolutely amazed by the fact that, you know, this many people, especially in the city and, you know, around the tri-state area, were here just, just to see you guys fish. It, 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 it was unbelievable. It was what a great opportunity to showcase, showcase yeah. the event and, and showcase the city. So, man, I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, and thanks for the call, man. Keep, keep, keep supporting right. the sport. Thanks, That's awesome. Have a good All night, right. man. All right, now we're going to switch it up. we got a little bit of time left. We, we actually have, like, a, no time, and we have a whole room full of people. That's cool. It's been a long couple of weeks. Yeah. Let's just try to pass the microphone around. It's been a great uh, Ike Live is it's what it's been. I want to say something real quick. Uh, wanna, I don't want to get emotional here, but uh, we got a big group in the room here. And uh, Oh, by the way. Uh, good friend Corey sitting over here next to me. Uh, just they just got in. Uh, we're gonna be doing some stuff this week, um, but I just want to say uh, thank you to the fans. Thank you for supporting the Ike Live show. We really appreciate it, and thanks for coming out to the Philly event. But everybody that's here tonight, um, want to send a big thank you for what everyone does for the sport. Jared Littner, you're growing the sport. Corey from Tackle Warehouse, you're growing the sport. You guys, what you're doing, you're growing the sport. The Lick crew in the house tonight, you're growing the sport. <laughs> what, man, what we're doing, uh, everybody's passionate about the sport. Everybody's passionate about fishing. That's how we're going to grow the sport. That's the future of it, man. And I appreciate you guys. And thank you very much for what you do. Thank you. And thank you, Brian. You know, Mike, Mike, I don't want to really necessarily speak for everybody else, but I think as the uh, resident New Jersey media member, let me just say thank you. And thanks to the fans from Philly. I posted on Facebook yesterday from basically upstate New York to New Jersey, to Pennsylvania, all the way down to the Potomac, the Chesapeake guys. Everyone showed up. They showed up in mass. They gave every single thing that they had, and they said, we're not going to not be noticed anymore. You're going to take us serious. We love this just as much as everybody else does around the country, and we are not going nowhere. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And it it may may kill our fishing pressure, but you know what? That's That's something I'm willing to give up if it means means that uh you know we get a little bit more recognition for what we're capable of doing around here absolutely because a lot of guys had a lot to say about this event and the truth of the matter is if you left there feeling in any way shape or form other than this was one of the greatest events ever i i don't know what to say to you i really don't you must not have been in the same amphitheater i was in because that was one of the craziest things i've ever seen in my life great event great week super fans super crazy super crazy and thank you, Matt, Nature Boy, for joining us today in the studio. Thank you, Matt, Anna Banana, Mr. Bob Soley in the house, too. Hey, everybody, tune in. Keep tuned in. And listen, we may make a special appearance later tonight. Who knows what goes on? Mark Jeffries. Mark Jeffries. Yes, Mark Jeffries. Thank you. Keep watching. And remember, Fishity, and get all your tackle from Tackle Warehouse because they're the best. Good night from Ike Live. See you, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bob, 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 Bob,
I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'm going blind. I can see, I can see, I'